0: was no job at second mom's old man
1: so then we a young you're rocking the this is british Wrestling spotlight on the indiecorner.com am with these jp and also it's the recently retired from twitter joe joe you're unplugged from the matrix how's life uh, yeah, better. <laughs> feel it's quite
0: liberating to be free of uh, morons, let's just say, and agendas being pushed, but I'll probably get some shit for this and I'll probably get screenshots sent to me by... One of a number of people about uh, the shit that I'm getting as <laughs> just Joe Lemon now, not my Twitter handle. So.
1: At Lemsip4Ps yeah. is dead. It's a, it's a real sad day. <laughs> uh, but you got your brother, you got me, you got JP. We'll just constantly just bombard you with screenshots, keep you in the loop of what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll be like um, how can i how be detached from it, but I'll be at the top of the tree just soaking it all up and taking it all in. Yeah. <laughs> has
1: it affected your life at all? You you feel like a happier man? Have you got more free time? Is it has it had a big big effect on your day to day? Um, I'd say that when I'm on the toilet I'm finding other
0: things to do rather than scroll <laughs> through my Twitter feed. So that's one. That's helping <laughs> um and i seem to be reading a lot more news-based articles so i'd say i'm enriching my uh, current affairs knowledge in a more mm. informed manner uh, as a result of ridding myself of britress wars on a kind of <laughs> uh, how what would i put it quadruple kind of base uh, four times i'm trying to sound smart i'm not that smart probably four or five times a day looking through that crap so <laughs> uh, the problem is and I hate to say this, th- there are great things about Twitter as well, mm. um, and there are things I definitely miss. Um, but it's just I, the rubbish and the shite on there. Just there came a point I couldn't be bothered with it anymore. Just the what uh, you know what it was. I'll, I'll tell you what it was that cool. ended it for me. It was the WWE orchestrated attack of Dave Meltzer when that company clearly have an agenda and they're trying to. There's the whole blame game of. Mm. WWE blaming Meltzer and Alvarez for all in selling out and MSG admin, and all the rest of it, which is a ridiculous number one. There's the whole thing with uh, JJ Williams, the NXT correspondent from Full Sale, being banned from doing results from Full Sale because he works for a dirt sheet so to say this wasn't orchestrated is hilarious and to watch everyone lumping in Mm. on a man who does great work if you ask me and has done for years is quite sad and to watch the likes of Seth Rollins and Spud getting involved as well and taking shots and taking the opportunity I thought it was really sad to see them trying to earn minor brownie points with their weird employer that lives in its own echo chamber but you know because There's that, and I'll probably get shit for that. So, hey. <laughs> Because
1: it's a journalist, isn't it? You're allowed. They, they, they won't pile on on any, anybody else if it was a wrestler or if it was... It, it's a journalist, so it's fair game, isn't it? It's Dave Meltzer, yeah. and Dave was an idiot, and Dave s- tried to say something in a clever way and said it in a really stupid way that sounded like he was body shaming a woman when really what he was doing was trying to point out that the WWE, I don't know, environment encourages such things and encourages women to get cosmetic changes and encourages dudes to take steroids and find their way to the main roster he was kind of commenting on the fact that it's a looks-based business wasn't he, he just said it in the wrong way uh but rather than have a real conversation about it yeah you're right it just felt like it, it was an opening wasn't it because it's dave melter because it's a journalist it was just the wrestlers had free reign to to pop off and and have a go
0: Yeah, and it felt like the Hawks were just kind of there waiting to pounce as well and have a go. This is an agenda that's been pushed for a while. They got the opportunity. They got straight in there. Mm. I found that hilarious and kind of predictable. But, hey, this is what, uh, I don't know, Twitter has turned into, I suppose. Mm. It's a toxic environment. But, you know, it's a shame that the really good people on there who do really good stuff for, Mm. you know, the British wrestling community and the wider wrestling community – being overshadowed for me by this crap so uh it's a shame
1: straw the bug the uh, the camel's back hey uh, jp could you do it could uh, could you remove yourself from twitter i've got to be honest i'm bad i'm on it pretty much 24 hours a day uh um, yeah I'm,
2: I'm i'm pretty bad um <laughs> i don't actually like i mean a lot of the time i don't have i don't tweak because i really have nothing interesting to say so i kind of just end up keeping it to myself Plug so things. i never i never do that but i'm i'm kind of a lot of the time like I'm looking on it because of various interests that I'll have, yeah. wrestling or politics or football and it kind of just goes in this wild it's like a wild tsunami of things. I just try <laughs> and zone out from the stuff that I don't like. Yeah. And like and and like you guys, I mean like there was a lot of the kind of controversies that happen a lot of the time, it's as with anything you know, with the benefit of hindsight and then looking looking back on it afterwards, it, Twitter doesn't allow for that. Every, no. every every response is instantaneous. So it's very hard to kind of process things and think, what's actually going on here? Before you know it, there's just like something that's blown up.
0: Mm. And so
2: I, I just made a rule with myself of just avoiding that at all available yeah. opportunities. It's
0: like I said before, the outragers want to outrage. Yeah,
2: let them <laughs> do it. Let them do it. I don't yeah. pay any attention
0: to it. Mm.
1: Definitely. It's it's kind of like, I I probably, I get myself involved in Twitter arguments probably far too much for for my own good. And yeah, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's the place where wrestling discussion happens now, isn't it? I used to spend a lot of time on forums and that's kind of gone by the wayside it's kind of good that you can i can come to one place and get the views of the majority of people you know that i know that are that, that i want to hear their, their views on wrestling and it's yes. all there and it's it's easy and it's at your fingertips and that's it's great as well isn't it when there's a communal thing where you can you can watch a longer show you know things like joey yeah. janelle's lost in new york would be nowhere near as fun without uh twitter to to watch it along with but yeah it <laughs> does have its uh, its perils as well doesn't it
2: it does, and that's the nature of social media. And it just makes me wonder if, if any Russian bot farms have ever targeted wrestling <laughs> Twitter at all at any stage. Well, are they going to infiltrate that? Probably not. It'd be a waste of their time.
1: <laughs> Maybe that explains Robert or what the Frey movement was. Maybe there's uh, there's bigger oh. things afoot here.
2: Is it? Is it just
0: one person there? That's <laughs> that's the documentary I want to see. Perhaps he's like the Aaron Banks of Britress. <laughs> <laughs> or BritRest Twitter, who knows? We'll know.
1: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, did you keep up? Did you see there was? I mean, speaking of Twitter, and yeah, something we keep an eye on. JP, did you see all the kickoff off about uh, impact on Twitter when they uh, they killed a child live on their TV program? Uh, they almost got more abuse than uh, poor Izzy got for, for taking a choke slam in real life. Uh, a child in the ring wrestling, they got it. All kinds Sorry? of abuse for uh, their angle, didn't they? Of course, you've missed out on this stuff, haven't know, you? I don't know well, any That's... of what you're
0: talking
1: about. <laughs> I feel like you've got to show me, JP. I sent, I sent you a link before of the, uh, no. of the, of the impact child death. I don't know whether uh, Joe's in the mood to watch that. And like,
0: chi- who kills a child?
2: Well, you're going to find out in a second.
0: <laughs> is it Izzy from NXT or what? <laughs> well,
2: what's happened there is you've you've, you've put the two. Together on there. This is oh, going to be a segment now. Every week we're going to this search. <laughs>
0: um, impact child death. Considering the impact of healthcare professionals when well, a child dies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that was lightening the, wrong the one. mood here.
2: There it is. Six days ago. Impact wrestling highlights. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> think, I don't think we can hear on here.
0: Oh, it's LAX. Yes. Oh Nice. Is King there?
2: I, I'd assume he will turn up. It's the first time I've seen.
1: Kings my favorite member of LA so I love his bill there was a scary <laughs> bit last week on, on impact where they did like a street fight on the actual street and it looked like they'd killed Eddie Kingston at the end they had like a he was on his knees and Conan took him out with a slapjack i think but i was very very happy to see him come back
0: is Conan still walking those streets that he used to walk back in the day?
1: Oh, always, yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's part of the same streets that Eddie Kingston walked and Quidd. Oh, yeah. oh, the same God. streets that Alex walked.
2: Oh, we can we can just see the kids holding the belt here. They've, they've telegraphed what's going to happen.
0: Conan looks like he's taking time to perfect the beat because he's still got love for the streets. <laughs> <laughs> It's Triple the K-O-N-N-A-N. Sorry, you missed out of a Dr. Dre quote there. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: Just for context there, Joe, the, the kid's name is Richie. Um, we all we all became very uh, very attached to him through this, uh, this two-minute segment on Impact. There's an awesome, like, is that
0: a Godfather t-shirt? I can see uh, Vito Corleone on his t-shirt there.
2: It is, and he's holding, I want to say he's holding a wrestling title. Oh,
0: no, is that Tony Montana on there as well? Yeah, it that is. is. I want oh, to see more of that t-shirt.
2: <laughs> and what I assume are a lot of um, indie workers. Where's where this film? This can't be film.
0: Conan Streets.
2: What Toronto? There's a <laughs> the tape thing. Oh,
0: San Diego.
2: But oh, anyone listening, this has been just absolutely terrible. You have to get this impact highlights I, on it.
1: I enjoy the fact that it's like it's a. It's oh a, my god. <laughs> What's happening, JP? Oh, I've just seen him get hit by the car. It's (laughs) it's now... Has the camera... (laughs) The point of view shot. They're
0: using the NWA
1: straight out of Compton album cover style shot. The the grief that people give TNA in their production, but they've got a camera in the poor boy's eyes. That's Uh, where we've came to.
2: That's Fucking hell. Um,
0: Best segment you've
1: ever seen, Joe, or...? That was pretty special, I've got to say.
0: I'm I'm loving that closing shot. Like I say, with the point of view shot from the child looking up at everyone, that was oh, we, oh. pretty special.
2: We've obviously made incredibly light.
0: So Eddie oh, Kingston's a that, child. How else can
2: you take that? It looks well. Homicide and Hernandez were in the car as well, but I'm assuming it's the bloke in the back seat with the bandana over his
0: mouth. Was that Eddie Kings? I couldn't really make yeah, it. Yeah, Eddie
1: Kingston in the back. Yeah, they kind of they built it like for anyone who's not seen the segment. Now we sound like the three most callous men in the world, but it's so comedic and ridiculous. It's like the yeah. the building up, aren't they? Like a boys in the hood scene where it looks like uh, <sighs> yeah. Eddie Kingston and homicide and Hernandez are going to come and do a drive by, and it's almost like they've had a conversation where they've said, though, we can't do a drive by <laughs> on TV. We'll do someone getting ran over, and then someone's gone. You know, you know, who should get run over, Richie." The the poor child with the two belts over his shoulder. But they do it in such a comedic... Like, the camera cuts away, doesn't it? And it just runs down clearly nobody in the street. It's like... It's half classic awful TNA, but half, like, I kind of respect it for how ridiculous it is and how well it fits into all the LAX stuff.
0: I think if I didn't like the people involved as much as I do, it would be worse. But because you know and they're such established characters, it makes it funnier. I don't know why that is.
2: Yeah. (laughs) it's Conan's involvement I mean I sat through all of Triple Mania whilst having food poisoning in Edinburgh and the the Conan there is like this one is the TNA Conan I like the one in Triple Mania is just like makes no sense whatsoever but that's how I felt about the show but then I did a food poisoning but (laughs) it's it's, (laughs) it's wild that there are just these roving groups of independent wrestlers the, the whole, that have this have these gangs on the streets <laughs> the other. like that in and of itself i just, kind of fair game for watching it I what Just what
0: being the elite should be I, oh, they, they could do their own being the elite here yeah, I think they, that's what they need being to being the streets oh, there we go. but I love how Homicide and the rest of them have always worn their influences from like hip-hop culture on their sleeves you can tell as Benno said they must love like Boys in the Hood, yes. Menace to Society, the kind of nineties gang. Oh, I love yeah. New Jack City, nineties gangbanger style feels, which I'm absolutely fine with because yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do this every week now. Just catch Joe up on everything that's been going on on Twitter. Uh, this this was one thing that you, I mentioned before the fact that yeah, there's the whole thing with you know Izzy, the girl who used to follow Bailey around. She had a yeah, yeah. she had a wrestling match and she took a full on choke slam. I don't think you'll have seen the gift, uh, Joe. That was. A whole nother thing. That's a real child taking a bump in a wrestling ring. I've heard people How? say different things and say that they, well, kids can do all kinds of sports. But I don't know. For me, that that was a step too far. Not this comedic impact stuff.
0: How old is she? It's
1: like, would it be 12, something like that? I think she's
0: 12. What, like, is she wrestling like on some Florida indie or something?
1: Yeah, I believe there was something to do with. She trains at a certain place, but it was another company. I don't know the the name of the the company. But...
0: Okay. Yeah. Should have had Kenny Omega in with her, you know, what he's like to carry <laughs> an eight-year-old to great matches.
1: True, that happened, and no one really gave which, which grief about that, did they? Uh, JP, it would you let your yeah. kids get in a wrestling ring?
2: Um, if I can make, <laughs> make money off them, yeah. I'm, well, I'm all up for this. I don't have an issue with that in the slides.
0: Free so. tickets as well, it's your dream.
2: Yeah, I'd be there. I'd be... I, if I could just be a, a, a core of the man that Will Ospreay's dad is, in terms of, <laughs> like... like pushing like selling the merch and everything else then they'll be living the dream <laughs> well they're going
0: to lemming on so i'm hoping juice robinson will finally inspire them rather than them jp's son earlier told me that
1: jp's tried to push
0: far too much wrestling on him and he's not yeah. impressed by it anymore
1: <laughs> he's going the opposite direction now he's just going to hate wrestling and never watch it jp oh, tough shit on him then you don't have to tolerate <laughs> all of that um did you make that, them watch triple mania with you no no
2: i wouldn't dare do that oh it was do you know what It was incredibly violent
1: like I was quite shocked. I heard uh, that yeah, I've not managed to see it myself. i heard it was violent and utterly ridiculous
2: yeah it was it was wild and every and the commentary mm. oh, my lord, the commentary I mean, it was just
1: like didn't vampiro I, 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 fart at one point and there was yeah. another point where he was trying to get the production staff to play as mu- entering the music, so he should, so he could enter. And there was a point where he was asking the Spanish commentators to translate things for him while they were trying to do their own jobs. I heard all kinds yeah. of things. How oh, bad it was? Was it really that bad?
2: Um, I I had fun. That's the weird thing about it. Like watching some of it is fun because it, it's and the crowd was super heated at points. Mm. And there was, I mean, in terms of good matches, I'll and I won't go on for a long. i mean i would say two there was a very dangerous ladder match in there and that's actually the the point to take there was stuff in there it was like jesus I, mm. a spanish fly or a, a spanish a spanish fly off the ramp onto a burning table was was one and it was just insane it was absolutely insane um but i'd watch it because it's free and it's on Twitch, and i'd say it's worth worth a punt
0: yeah i knew as soon as i saw twitch i thought to myself when i was hearing about it mm. jp's curiosity to be tweaked here and when i saw twitch and i was like he's definitely gonna watch it yeah, definitely, definitely gonna watch it yeah so predictable
2: and then you messaged me and i said oh, well, look they had a tag team that was jack evans teddy hart and hooven to guerrera <laughs> in, a, in a faction with jeff jarrett australian suicide and led by conan
0: i didn't know you're such a big jeff jarrett fan I just don't understand why he's there. You're a fan of the road dog as well, as mate? No. No? No. Not, not a fan of his booking and bad justification I, I, of anger. I really am not. That, that was,
2: again, some, a weird outrage that happened. I just thought, I've got nothing to add to this. I'm just <laughs> just leave it go on. Um, but, yeah, I would say watch it because it's this weird juxtaposition of this amazing arena with this really big crowd that looks great. Mm. Watching some, at times, awful, awful wrestling. I can't state how bad Pagano is. Like I am sorry, like I don't know. I he makes Nick Gage look like Luthez. Like it's quite incredible. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just yeah. Watch
1: was it, it. Was it it's better w- or worse than Joe Janelle's Lost in New York? That's what I wanna know.
2: Oh, that oh, that was, was a great worse. show. Worse. But I still haven't worked my way through all of that.
1: I was
0: a massive fan. I thought that show was awesome. Oh. That um match with Marco the guy from the crowd. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. Marco like everywhere. And who, was he, who did he face? Katie uh, Bing. Who I've never heard of. Um, sh- uh, should I have heard of him? You wouldn't assume because you were at Mania and he was on the Evolve shows. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but that match and was... GCW oh, as well. That was one of the most fun matches I've seen this year, I think. I was I was laid in bed while on holiday. My girlfriend was asleep next to me.
3: Hmm. I think
0: I woke her up because I was kind of... Having a few little moments where I was
1: popping because of some of the crazy shit old Marco was doing. It's kind of <laughs> like was... he made the name for himself, didn't he? It's like he's, I think he got himself booked it all in now off the, off the yeah, back of it.
0: Honestly, yeah. it, I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm being a bit over the top here, but this is like 1996 Rey Mysterio style stuff in terms of how much I'm kind of blown away by the sheer amount of crazy stuff he's
1: doing. He's even smaller but, as well, isn't he? He's like not even yeah. barely five foot. I don't think even that.
2: And he's lying to uh, KTV, and he just goes, um, and this is, sorry, apologies for the language. I've sworn so many times already, though, rather pointless.
0: You but, fucking twat. <laughs> I
2: was out sorry, carry on. Yeah. He, says, he says to Kate like KTV goes to him, you're not old. He goes, goes how old are you? And then that guy, Michael, goes, old enough to fuck your mum <laughs> and slaps him in the face. And I just, like, what. Well, hello. Like, I picked... My interest sort of picked up at that point. <laughs> during that. So we know what
1: you're into. Child killing's mum jokes. Yeah. That's JP.
2: That's me.
1: I'm going to be the nice one
2: here. <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm the, I'm the dark one.
1: You're undoing that gimmick right oh, now. yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: the,
1: the other thing I love from that show was, I mean, I, I kind of thought because it was the night of uh, Summer Sizzler and we didn't get a chance to watch it live, which is always a shame, I think, because I kind of came home to, like we said about Twitter before, all the tweets from it and people raving about it. I think it's different when you're not watching it in the moment because i thought that <laughs> it started really hot with that stuff but it did kind of yeah. drag i mean yeah. I, I don't saying that though you're going to get past the highlight of spider nate Web having to getting wheatus to actually do his entrance music for once uh, that was great that's just a yeah. uh, what a moment for him in it as a career and i love that that's what Joe genella puts a show on it so like we got a certain budget you know what we're going to do we just can't be that expensive. Let's get them in. Let's teach <laughs> yeah. the lead singer how to do a DDT. It'll be awesome. And it, it kind of made for an awesome near fall and an amazing moment, didn't it?
0: It was the way they they embraced it as well. That Wheatus vocalist is probably the most proper attention he's got in years. He seemed to be absolutely it. He nailed that DDT as well. I've seen yeah. significantly worse DDTs than that. Jake Roberts, when he was <laughs> drunk, I saw deliver some terrible <laughs> DDTs and... That one was on point. I kind of popped as well when he kicked out a two, yeah. oh, like a two point nine. Oh, MJF I was, was going, great,
1: wasn't
2: he? M- was awesome. MJF really has some, really has something about him.
3: Hmm.
2: Like he is, he is, he is going to be, he is going to be something. When I haven't seen
0: the killer match, but in terms of the presence and everything else, he's, <laughs> he's there. How did you feel about your boy uh, Matt Riddle leaving the Indies with his last match against PCO as well?
1: Oh, it's like I thought it was like Matt-O. a. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead I to, to jf already oh. I, th- I, th- I thought that match was like uh it was kind of like you know when a sequel's not as good as the original like it felt like the sequel to to walter pco in that it was yeah. fun and i liked all the stuff with bringing uh pco back to life with a car battery and all the wacky stuff but i don't know it wasn't quite the same as uh our memorable walter pco was
0: yeah i'd agree with that i still-, still enjoyed it for what it was i still thought it was it was good fun um But overall, yeah, Walter PCO was kind of one of those kind of, you know, it's a match that can happen once. And PCO is kind of, I suppose, dining out on that, isn't he, if anything? He's got something to offer. Um, But yeah, it didn't quite live up to that same height, I didn't think. But I suppose you might get to see Matt Riddle one more time at Wembley, but we don't know who he's going to face.
2: Yeah, well, I have to say that's one of the things that's going to, if I'm going to be going and I still am slightly on the fence, like, that's one of the things that's er- erring me towards going. That's Just right. to have that, that one last hug, wow. and then leave and go off into the distance.
0: I don't know if you will, mate. Wembley, big venue. It's not like yeah. going to the ballroom. Or yeah. It's his last cool.
1: indie show, but is it really? His last? I mean, it is, but is it really? It's kind of, he's going to a WWE sponsored group, so... Uh... <laughs> and we know a little bit more about that after a, a great interview you did, Joe. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel so much like... <laughs> uh, it's great that I'm, I'm... It's made me think, yeah, I'm going to go now because I want to see Riddle somewhat close up and personal for one last time. And I I am desperate for him and JP to have a final moment. But it is, it's it's <laughs> something to to call it the uh, the last indie performance of. I think his last indie show was... Was it this or did he have an Evolve one after? I think maybe it was this. Was this the last... Because this was NXT weekend, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, he was in the crowd, obviously, in his flip-flops and hat. Did you enjoy that? Oh,
2: that great was look. right. Just that... I like those things they yeah. do when they announce, like, stars and bring them through to the front. And I thought that was great. It's just, he should be, he should just be in there as an absolute killer. And yeah, just tear, absolutely. tear through it and build up to him and Chumper. I don't think the guy to take it off Chumper. But...
0: Let's just hope he doesn't hug Vince McMahon the first time he meets him and fuck himself over. Oh,
2: <laughs> you know that. And that's and that's always the fear with all What's... of this. Like, oh, when the crazy old man gets involved,
0: mm. it's like, it always goes down. Is he enough of an alpha male to get a push? That's what you got to question. He was a fighter, so he's got that going for him.
2: He lots a bifter, so he's fucked with Vince. I- I'm worried yeah. about maybe his
1: wife talking too much, getting him in trouble with DoodooBee. Did you see all... Oh, I mean, you might have missed this on Twitter, Joe, the fact that she came out and was saying that, oh, yeah, New Japan were interested in signing him again, and then all of a sudden we started getting calls from DoodooBee. I can't remember who he said, was the. No, it was... Oh, yeah, I think he told Gabe. Triple said... H, wasn't it? Yeah, he, it said he Gabe told Triple Gabe Triple and H. Gabe kind of must have stooged it off to Triple H and... All of a sudden, there's a phone call coming from WWE HQ. Funny how that works, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. If anything, I wonder what their motivation is in this game. <laughs>
1: yeah. If it's
2: part of, the, if it's overall part of the stockpiling of talent, I won't be happy because it, it's
1: while trying to buy up the British Indies. Yeah,
2: that's yeah, <laughs> which leads very nicely on. Yeah, yeah. Well, they
1: are. I mean, one thing I would say before we get into that, they, at least they they're taking Riddle off us, but they're giving us Neville back. There's that. We're getting Pack back, so... You yes! Know. When are we getting him back, I wonder? Mm, that's the question, and where, isn't it? I think he's nailed on for all at the weekend, isn't he? It's just whether... It really? sounds like he's going to pick and choose his dates, doesn't it? It sounds like he's going to be someone who's... He doesn't seem like he's in a rush. Uh, he wouldn't be, anyway. Uh, I think he's, he's, he's someone who's going to have so many offers that he can pretty much do what he wants, can't he?
0: Good on the man. I hope he's a revelation when he comes back as well. He's got so much to offer, and he's... Yeah. Well, well, I think he was horribly used in WWE, criminally underused, if anything. Yeah. Probably he's got a Geordie accent and he doesn't like smoking cigars or something, but, you know, that's another story. Well,
2: there's always the story about the Mighty Mouse, I mean, the rumour, which, yeah, it may well just be a rumour, but you do think to yourself, yeah, that's the kind of thing Vince would do. Thinking he looked like a nineteen fifties cartoon character and wants name after that because so, he has his finger on the pulse so, of, of the of the world, doesn't it?
0: It's a good thing he'd not seen Biker Grove. Oh good oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he'd
2: be doing a Jeff Gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But wherever but wherever he goes, I mean it's gonna be I mean that's one of the things that was, you know, I can imagine, you know, all in feels like that's that's pretty much gonna be the case. Mm. Whether or not, you know, New Japan, do they come into the mix? I oft, I actually wondered as well, would he want to go back to place for a sense of nostalgia? I know Dragon Gate obviously had a really, really good run there. Mm. But of, but then if it's New Japan, then that enters into the equation of um, what I like to think of as the Rebel Alliance mm. of, of this wrestling, global wrestling war oh, up, yeah. and, up against the evil empire. And who would you
0: class as the Rebel Alliance? Then? New Japan, Rev Pro, CMLL. Yeah, the elite.
1: OTT, yeah. kind of.
2: Yeah. Yeah, all right, I'll, go, I'll go ITV. Any, <laughs> anyone that
1: isn't WWE. I don't know about ITV. I don't know if I put ITV on the good guy side, but I, I kind of I want Neville to it's end up. I
2: you on... the Moss Isley Cantina, but that's <laughs> Star Souls references.
1: I want Neville to end up on that side just because I want him to have something to sink his teeth into. I don't want him to come yes. out and be. I mean, I think there's a, there's a time period where you can do Dream Match Guy with him, but. His best work in WWE was by far when he did that heel run, and he had a he had a real kind of ongoing story and character to get into. That's what I'd want to see him do: do something more long term. And I could imagine that in in a New Japan, um, him having mm. saying that 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 is sometimes where juniors go to die as well. Uh, but maybe yeah, Road Pro could put a story together for him, or maybe he could end up in progress, and they could do something with him. I just want him to have something to to sink his teeth into. I wasn't I was I was a fan of him before he went to WWE, but not a huge fan. And I was never, to be honest, when he was on main roster, um, I could really, I could skip his matches. I was never into it until he got that extra character element. Um, I don't know, maybe that's just something to do with the fact that someone with this style doesn't always work in WWE and he's not allowed to cut loose, which I guess he would be able to do in the indies.
0: Yeah, I think as long as we get Neville Ospreay, or Park Pac Osprey, I should oh. say, oh. It, yeah yeah andy called took the piss out of me for that one that's my <laughs> bad pronunciation
1: it's a terrible <laughs> name mate honestly when he went to wwe the amount of people who were like oh they're calling him adrian Neville' it's like it's a better name than pack what's pack yeah what even is that it's just i mean he'll have to go back to it now because he's known by it but yeah i mean neville's a bad name don't get me wrong but i don't think it's any worse than pack was
0: yeah, no, I won't, don't disagree with you there. But as long as we get an Osprey Neville mm. or PAC main event yeah. at some point in Rev Pro, then I'm fine with that. That's the, that's the match I think we all want to see, if anything, isn't it, at the end of the day. And yeah. I think there's big money in that as well. I think you could probably run somewhere other than a York Hall with that. But then if he's signing for New Japan, I suppose New Japan might want to save that match themselves. Who knows? Who knows? But let's just hope he's back of a splash and he's working regular days I'm hoping in Rev Pro because I think they'll utilise him and know how to use him in that kind of more dream match like environment if anything um, but maybe given that storyline like you were saying as well Benno so we'll yeah, see there's
1: a balance there isn't there but yeah like you say I mean we touched on it a couple of times there you you asked the big man himself you asked Andy Quilden about uh, Pac you did a, an interview with, with him it's uh, on the Indie Corner feed now that people can check out absolutely incredible job Joe I'll say that as a, a <laughs> somewhat neutral party i can't believe how honest andy quilden and how open he was with you uh he, he seemed really at ease and we had a few scoops coming out of our your little visit to a, i mean I was it going to a rev pro towers i could hear the i could picture it in my head the office with the shuffling papers in the background and you oh, and Andy yeah. sat sat down having a cup of cup of tea and uh talking business it was uh it was great it was a really good interview and really revealing
0: Yeah, it was really good of him to have me down there and uh, let me come along to RevPro Towers, which is a room in an office block. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, a bit of an insight, I suppose. And yeah, it was a very sort of easy-going time. Um, Spoke for ages, went much longer than I thought it was going to go, and to be honest, covered all manner of topics that I didn't think we were going to get into, but the interview kind of uh i don't know took its course with sort of Mm. all sorts of tangents and i really enjoyed myself and thank you to andy quilden for giving up his time and letting us come down to be honest because it was a great interview i really enjoyed it and i think we got some yeah some decent insight into the promotion Mm. but also um some of the kind of how can i put it um some of the things that the promotion has come into and met at different points as well um very revealing as well man was completely honest completely upfront which is a i think is you know that's great i think there's real integrity to him as a promoter um i think you know wrestling promoters get a lot of crap and rightly so over the years for all sorts of reasons um and i think when we exist in an environment where we're often not told the truth and we're often told to trust the promoter and all the rest of it and not question the promoter he's someone who is just completely upfront and honest about stuff and kind of prides himself on that and I think you know when you're that secure in yourself and who you are that's fantastic if anything and uh yeah good on the guy um I hope people who listened to the interview enjoyed it um thanks for the positive feedback that we've got from it so far as well how much do he pay you by the way <laughs> I'll keep that private.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, that was, yeah, okay.
1: there's no bias here. Sports
0: River. backhander. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're a very neutral media organisation. Listen, define vital this down. and vital this down. We'll interview anybody, uh, and I just think Andy Quilter offer himself up and and being willing to talk about so many things is a is a reason why you know Rev Pro can be so popular and why you know people think so highly of him. I mean, JP, what did you mainly take from it? I kind of thought it was really interesting the the talk about. Uh, the WWE situation and the fact that you know he's so open about the fact that an offer was made, or at least they talked about, maybe didn't make a formal mm-hmm. offer, but talked about uh, loaning footage from Rev Pro, and there were some strings attached to that as well. I was just he mentioned that uh, there was the, there would potentially be an option to buy the promotion in there. I thought that was really eye opening. Uh, what did you make of that, JP? What did you make of uh, listening to the interview as a whole?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I have to say, yeah, I mean, he sat here next to me, so it seems a bit more cringe saying it to his face. Ah, uh, less of yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but he was, yeah, it was excellent. And it was, um, he was allowed to, you know, it was, it was just really nice hearing a promoter just being able to kind of not sound off about a bunch of topics, but kind of talk about their philosophy about, it, about wrestling, you know, kind of slightly the bigger rather than these are the events we've got coming up. And like I say, the insight about the... Um, the WWE
3: mm.
2: offer was... I mean, because obviously it had been rumoured, I remember with Nakamura, they used Rev Pro footage in the build-up. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah, um, well, I think, did
0: they with it as
1: well? I don't I think they did with, I think they did with Devit as well. Mm. Um, and obviously it was and, the Cruiserweight Classic as well, wasn't it? They did the match. Yes. Oh, the area. Josh
0: Bodum-Noam Dar match at the mm. cockpit was a qualifier, yes. wasn't it? That's yeah. Right. That's right. So, you know, that stuff
2: is interesting and it's kind of obviously... It leads on to how many times have they made this offer, and have mm. they made this offer elsewhere, and who have they made this offer to? Well, Meltzer's kind
1: of said outright, hasn't he? He's talked about ICW. Have there been an option to to buy there with the promotion? It does it makes you question. Does, does that include Progress as well?
2: It is, <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and it is the and it's the thing about it is we're we're not likely to know mm. if it if if this is the case or whether or not we we've gone into fancy booking land until it actually happens. There'll mm. just be an announcement and then that would be pretty much it. There won't be any kind of forewarning. I, I wouldn't imagine on, on anyone's part. It, it makes you think as well. What was interesting is what he said about, oh, what are going to be doing with the promotion? Are you going to be closing down? It was like to be determined to be determined.
3: Yeah. And that
2: kind of suggested that it was like, it's about hoarding stuff for an archive. It mm. feels very much like Vince's territory grab in the eighties, the kind of way you go in, you kind of want to make sure you've got the tape libraries, which I don't think at the time they kind of realized they wanted the ter- territorial significance of being able to run those cities, but you, you kind of own the contents of the promotion, but the promotion itself is kind of neither here nor there. I always think of stampede more or less. Dying oh yeah. And the 1 million pound
0: offer and that they got a hundred grand and yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, and that type and those types of things. So you know, we've said it so many other times and we kind of nailed our colors to the mast with it is they're very, very predatory as fans. I don't I mean, especially if you're hardcore wrestling fan, like fans like we are, there's, there's a lot to kind of fear from them. So Mm. for example, the announcement that they're going to be doing, um, they're running a a camp in Germany and it just makes you go, Oh, no please just leave leave them alone like, but it is it, and, and you've said this before it's the psychopathic need to control every aspect of wrestling and then to make their version of wrestling the only version that
0: exists yeah Something
2: very sort of 1984 about it in its own weird
0: way it's very interesting that he's not allowed to use their talent anymore as well isn't it uh. yes Which kind of tells you something there, doesn't it? Like, a little bit of spite, maybe, on someone's part there, let's Mm. just say. Like Um, you said, the interview, it's almost
1: like they see them as a threat, but again, what's the threat, really? A threat to these
0: crap NXT UK shows, where we've got guys we can see in other promotions doing WWE style, for the most part, like... I, I said in the interview, like, uh, WWE style, if I am want to watch that, I'll go and watch, I don't know, Raw. I don't know why I would. I must, I'd probably have to be insane to sit for a three-hour Raw these mm. days. Um, but I can see it there. I don't need to see it going on in the UK. If, mm. say, all the British companies closed down tomorrow and I was left with left with NXT UK, I'd end up reluctantly watching it because I like wrestling. But I won't be enjoying it. Do you know what is mean? mm. Is that a weird thing to say? And a weird no, way to think, I, I, I don't know. Of,
2: yeah. I mean, that's the problem with WWE because they are so dominant within the marketplace. You kind of, have, whether or not you, you, if, you re, if you really dislike them, you still have to pay attention to them because it's going to be the likely destination of all the wrestlers that you really enjoy seeing.
0: I watched a little bit of SummerSlam and I, could consider all that. I found it depressing. Yeah. Like I wasn't. Into a Daniel Bryan match, like I was bored watching a Daniel Bryan match. I couldn't, I couldn't believe what was going on. And Samoa Joe AJ Styles. When I was watching Samoa Joe AJ Styles and Ring of Honor in TNA, I always thought to myself, you know, I make this better. Get AJ Styles' wife involved.
1: Get Wendy (laughs) Styles involved. Joe's been good though. Joe's been good, Joe's been good value bringing that stuff up. I know what you mean. It's kind of, I'm watching the match thing and I just want them to have a match. Uh, I think they've done right with it, with the, they've been given, but I, I don't disagree with you. I was glad you said it because I kind of felt like the biggest indie snob in the world last weekend trying to, I watched NXT and to be honest, I mean, I enjoyed most of NXT, but I did the same yeah. thing I did with SummerSlam. SummerSlam, it got to the to the Miz Daniel Bryan match, and I kind of just turned it off and went to bed. And that's just not me. I'll usually stay up all night for these types of things. I think they've just they've finally killed my interest overall um, in wanting to stay up to the silly o'clock to see the conclusion of, of Brock and Roman, or you know, to see to just to see wrestling that I'm not really uh, interested in. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone in that.
2: It, it feels like at times there's. Oh, God, we're just going on a WWE rant.
1: Yeah,
0: please do. But it's
2: always therapeutic. It's, it's the idea of anyone else making money in wrestling. Mm. is just deeply offensive to them. <laughs> like, they, they have no right to do that. So, small indie promotions will have, like, all manner of, of things happen to them and trying to block book, uh, you know arenas to make sure that they you know around wrestlemania weekend rather than doing what any other kind of sport would do which is kind of embrace the whole festival atmosphere it's like oh, fuck you lot you're making money and it, hence their reaction to msg um being run by ring of honor in new japan mm. and they just it, the need to control it the need to to kind of own every aspect of it and they They don't realise that they work best when there's competition kind of showing them what actually is kind of hitting the zeitgeist because they never have their finger on the pulse. They're reactive to other people kind of showing them what is the way, whether it's kind of using what is – you look at times like Ring of Honor from 10 years ago, a lot of that
0: roster – Beat, well, beat, a, like a lot of them in, in WWE yeah. you now. I think the in-ring style as well is something I'm completely yes. bored of. Like I'm just, it's just so jaded. Mm. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, what twat of a massive ego from 20 years ago has agented this match and thrown in rest holds because working slow and doing rest holds is the way
1: to work and that's proper work. <laughs> and it just feels so Variety. dated.
3: Well,
1: you, feel like... you are mate. as you can say, that kind of links, doesn't it, to, to what? You know, we're saying about NXT UK as well. It's the fact that would you rather see Tyler Bates work in NXT TV match, uh, or would you rather see him, you know, with Will Osprey in Fight Club Pro? It's kind of like there's a, I don't know. It's just I mean, I, I spoke to Andy Ogden who, who went to the last NXT UK tapings in, in Birmingham, and he was he said it sounded like he had a great time, and he was saying it was a great. Mm-hmm. I think it was Devlin Dunn match there that that he loved, and that it it was a good night out. But yeah, it's not really. My thing, I'd rather see I mean, it, it links to another thing Andy Quilden said, didn't he, to you, in the interview, that uh Rev Pro have got their 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 uh, their T V deal. I'd rather see their version of, of what T V wrestling is rather than see another WWE product uh, on the T V airwaves.
2: Yeah. Or a WWE or another promotion trying to do WWE. Mm, Just yeah. something away from that. Just as for the sake of variety,
0: i got to say, I do like NXT. I do mm. really enjoy the shows. And I when I dip into the TV show, I find that the TV show is quite consistent in the way it's booked as well. Mm. Like, it doesn't insult my intelligence, and the ring style is slightly different, and it feels like the guys have got a bit more freedom. You're saying about Tyler Bay, I think. Honestly, I do like his match when they've got that little bit of direction. Mm. I don't know if the agenting is slightly different in NXT. I don't know what the inner workings are of it. But it doesn't seem as counterproductive as the main roster. When I'm watching SummerSlam... When I'm watching main roster stuff, I never feel like they are thinking about the guys' positives in ring and what they're good at. Mm -hmm. When I'm watching NXT, like when I was watching that Tyler and Trent against Undisputed Era match at SummerSlam, I was thinking, right, they know what works for Tyler doing crazy offense and doing strength moves and running around the ring and showing off his athleticism and really getting over by doing those moves. And they know that Trent can bring the personality and can use his strikes when he's in trouble mm-hmm. to get this over and engage the audience more. And I'm thinking, right, this is actually really positive booking of these two guys. They work in this environment. But you know, as soon as they get to that main roster, and, you know, I love Trent Seven. I'll, I'll be really happy for him, and I know he'll be great. I'm sure he'll be really pleased to get there. Mm-hmm. You know that this isn't going to happen. You know that some twat is going to have an ego that they've got a feed in some way and i don't know book a rest out and laugh at his belly because he doesn't look like a million dollars and all the rest of it and yeah i'm i'm going a bit of a rant here but the rev pro tv show yeah i'm excited to see what it's going to be
1: yeah it's kind of like in the interview with you i I mean i the news dropped today that the rev pro tv show is going to be on free sports of all things and i don't know if they were just (laughs) Victims of the fact that that Andy Quilden couldn't even in the interview with you he couldn't say where it was coming. All he could say was it was a proper channel. It wasn't going to be some uh, an internet thing. It wasn't going to be on Fight TV or anything like that or or New Japan World. And then yeah, after a few weeks of waiting, Free Sports finally announced. And I mean, you guys, I think Free Sports came up when you were talking about it on the show that I missed. It's kind of yeah. it was the joke option, wasn't it? It was like I wear a rev program ended up. I imagine if it ends up Free Sports like like Five Star did, and it's. Kind of the reality. I've got to be honest, I found it a little bit disappointing. Uh, I don't know what, maybe there wasn't a realistic bigger option. Maybe the, the talk of it potentially being you know, Channel 4 or something was just maybe I was hoping a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought that the free sports announcement, it's great that they're going to get to do TV and it's great that we're going to get to see RevPro with better production value because that has always been a, a real problem with the product. At least for me watching a, a lot of their shows on VOD. Um, mm. but yeah free sports uh, i mean what did you make of that what do you make of the fact that that's that's where it's gonna land
2: i think initially like you when i saw it my heart sank
0: yeah
1: it felt like a bit i wouldn't say my heart
0: sank but it yeah. felt like a bit of an anti-climax Sorry, yeah.
2: it did feel like an anti-climax having thought about it now for a couple of hours i think part of the problem that we will all have and as and as wrestling fans that we'll have is is we've associated free sports with five star yeah, yeah five feels, star shit
0: it feels tainted by five star it does feel tainted by five but star but there's a but there go on <laughs> but
2: as w- in the cold light of day depending on like how obviously there's the splitting costs and depending on how much they do and kind of the live gate and whether or not they're able to get the venue for relatively cheap because it's during the week there are factors where this can be I wonder whether or not this ultimately can be like a good calling card to see if this type of wrestling made by people who understand wrestling mm. can connect with a certain amount of an audience and whether or not then other channels when look at it as a result and think this is something viable to fill up the airwaves in a such a fractured sports market environment where everything is on everywhere, whether it's like, you amazon are buying up uh, sport rights now so you've got the digital like, 11 sports are coming into yeah, play yeah. and you've got all of these different channels about whether or not it's something that is a good calling card with a with what is potentially i mean it's 18 million homes it hits within the uk but in terms of the ratings and we've been looking at barb tonight it's around sixty thousand. so the more i've thought about it the more This can be positive. It depends, though. Like, Do we know the slot they're going to be on?
1: I don't know if that's been announced,
0: has it? No, No, it just says later in the month. We don't know
1: how often. We don't know how long. Because I think with five star the problem wasn't really the production was it it was the it was the fact that it was weekly it was live and it was three hours every week that was yeah. the problem as long as it's not that i think we can maybe take away you know strip away some of the negatives of five star and kind of just look at it as when that five star sto- story first hit We I mean, we were the first to say weren't we would not it be great if a good promotion got this tv deal yeah. instead of five star <laughs> yeah. and i suppose we've got that haven't we john
0: yeah i think we have um yeah like i said it was like a little bit of an anti-climax but I'm the same as JP. We were chatting about it when I got here. And really, it's not the worst option. When you think about what wrestling is, when you think about what British wrestling is, it is a niche interest. Mm. And when you look at the sports, free sports broadcast, and when you look at some of the lower sky channels, there are similar types of sports on there. So we were having a look through Barb earlier on. Mm. And free sports, the highest rated show in July, as an example here, was Cricket. And that did fifty eight thousand viewers. And then after that it was rugby, which is doing sort of forty thousand viewers. And in the top ten, the other sports you've got in there you've got sweet Swedish Speedway, and I think a little bit of boxing in there as yeah. well. Now these speedway, that's a niche sport, and that's yeah. doing twenty eight thousand uh, sorry thirty three thousand. I'm looking at some of the other channels, like say if I go to say, Eurosport and you get in cycling doing sort of 70,000 and then if you go over to say Sky and you look at some of the fractured Sky channels now. Some of those channels are not doing good ratings on Sky Sports Premier League. I know that it's, it wasn't in the football season in July
2: and the World World Cup. Yeah, it always be the end of the World Cup.
0: Yeah, but the highest rated program was on the twenty eighth of July, which was Mo Salah's Golden Boot, which did thirty seven thousand viewers. And even What's though a so- Beno,
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like Mo Salah. He's good on my fancy team. I'll, I can live with him. But even though it's a paid channel.
0: It's still do. It's still got a higher profile, and it's doing lower numbers than what Free Sport are doing for their highest-rated shows. Mm. So I do wonder, in some way, if this isn't the worst thing, and that it's a product for us. In the interview I did, he speaks about wrestling fans and wanting to supply a product for wrestling fans, and not just these casuals. And saying that who are saying wrestling fans don't matter, and we need to get casual audiences, which I get. Yeah. But at the same time, this is a product for us. And it's going to be doing, say, 30,000 viewers on a Thursday night in a one, two hour time slot. It could be all right. It could be okay. And I'm kind of fine with that.
1: Mm. I think the only it's kind of like, I think the thing for me, it's the specter. You know, you talk about the ratings there and the fact that nothing on Free Sports does particularly well, really. I think the worrying thing for me was the fact that maybe not worrying because it sounds like Rev Pro doing the right thing they're not doesn't sound like they're taking a huge risk other than the live costs of putting the shows on which you know they'd be putting maybe not this many shows but shows on anyway <laughs> the production costs and the production work has been eaten up by uh, the production company and by free sports so that that's kind of out of the way but five star even the first week when we didn't know what it was and you might get randoms just putting it on for it being the wrestling. It still didn't crack the top 10 on free sports. I remember at the time, <laughs> keeping an eye out for you know, where it coming. I can't remember. I think maybe the, the, you might have the numbers in front of you, but the, the 10th best thing on the channel was only doing about 10,000 viewers. And and Five Star still wasn't even cracking that. Um, I don't know whether RevPro would ever uh, do better than that, or maybe it's, something, maybe it's not a huge thing to worry about with the fact that free sports you know even having that experience with five star the fact that they went through that and they had a company that literally went bust while they were delivering a three-hour tv show for them every week it's actually a shock that they've not just ran away and decided we're never going to do wrestling again i suppose it is a positive that they've they've come back to the table um and they've come to RevPro. pro um I bet your pcw are a bit gutted they didn't come to them after because uh, <laughs> they were in the running last time where they? they went five star got it but they've come to rev pro and they've clearly made an offer that's that's been worthwhile for andy quill and so yeah maybe saying that they're, they're more confident in the in a wrestling product or maybe they just want something a bit different on the channel that's it's worth the risk for them even if they're, they're thinking it might not do huge viewers
2: yeah there's various things that make me think about in terms of promoting it like whether or not and how much advertising revenue are they going to be getting mm. from this if there's any mm. any at all from that Um, are they going to be now free sports as far as as far as we're aware is like a a, an offshoot of premier sports yeah it is it is which i actually subscribe to because I, i do mainly for my dad because it has the gaelic football on it so i mean i'll watch that as well obviously but like it is it is kind of a lot of a lot of niche sports is there anything in terms of being able to promote this i'd assume it'd be a much it's a lot cheaper than what they were doing with five star which Mm. was i mean god you were in liverpool what was it how many were there
1: in it was in the hundreds i remember i could do a head you were outnumbered by black curtains yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was it i was at the first one at the echo arena and yeah it might that was the thing with five star wasn't it they were running arenas but doing hundreds um it's not going to be that is it it's going to be a relatively Busy your call, it's going to look better on TV surely yeah. than than empty arenas did.
0: Yeah, and Five Star's reputation when they actually ran those shows and free mm. sports was was dead. It had been tainted so much by that point mm. with how they'd screwed people over. They had really bad pub in the kind of wrestling community as well, based on what, what they'd they did done. Was about the Manchester Arena. Yeah, so. yeah. So th- they weren't in a good spot. Rev Pro and not that company. They've got a following. Yeah, it's a niche following. I know that. Yep. But at the same time, there's a little bit of buzz in them. as a UK promotion. They've not got a bad reputation at all. That These could be positives going into this, I suppose. Um, I think the other thing to say is, as well, Five Star were booked in for three-hour live shows. Yep. If you hear what Andy Quilden says, he says that originally he was offered going live, and he turned down going live. So it almost feels like free sports, see, live sports. <laughs> as the best approach but luckily and i think this is probably a positive that it's not going out live as well because that adds that extra pressure and i wonder if the time slot for live was longer possibly as well hopefully this is maybe an hour maybe an hour and a half which gives it that lit, smaller time slot and it's not a three hour commitment because mm. i think for anyone committing three hours on any given night like i'm a massive film fan right and i look at my film watch list that i need to watch and so many of the films on there are about three hours or close too long because it's rare i get a three hour gap that i can watch films in mm. if anything And it's it's kind of the same with wrestling. So I'm hoping this is a smaller time slot as well. And you may get maybe a little bit of pickup on randomers flicking through and seeing something a bit different and a bit more unique. If you're switching over and you see an empty arena, I'm going to be turning that over. But if you're seeing a kind of more lively York Hall, Mm. uh, more of an intimate environment, quite intense, hopefully people stay in there.
2: With a production crew that actually have filmed at York Hall before for the boxing, and I think that's that's one of the things that Free Sports have committed to is that once a month they do fight nights, and obviously in in this country boxing is it has had like a hell of a resurgence in the last few years. Hmm. But it does give you hope in terms of when I've seen York Hall filmed on Sky that you can yeah. you can make this look like a hell of a product yeah um if like filmed correctly with somebody afterwards is able to go through the footage and like like andy quilden can which make hopefully if you can sit down and go right this is this is the stuff we need to focus on and kind of go through it because i'm not whether or not that production crew know how to kind of film and edit i'm thinking of like access with new japan when they've done the live specials and it's very clear that the access tv crew have not like they've not been brought up to speed by the New Japan no. crew about how to how they think wrestling should be filmed. So hopefully, and I can't see why he, I don't think he would agree to it. Mm. Andy Quill wouldn't be able to look at that and say, "Do you know what? I can kind of edit this as to how he wants." I mean, he's he said about character pieces. But with is he? TV. I don't know if he's
0: editing it himself. Maybe no, editing the, but the crew gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a director sort yeah. of role, if anything, yeah, as a director.
1: That's going to be a question though, isn't it? Because that, I think he's kind of... He mentioned again that doing his podcast, he's almost too honest sometimes. He's given all these critiques of ITV World, IT World of Sport. He's got to put his money where his mouth is now, hasn't he? You know <laughs> all the things that he criticised ITV for doing, for not doing the character work, for the problems with their production. Uh, obviously, as he said, it's it's not going to be perfect. Show one, uh, but you're going to hope that you know we'll have a different vision than what they've done with ITV other sports. I think it's it's interesting that you know he's bringing some of the names that he's using for it. The fact that he's got uh, Col Cabana on the show, the fact that is Dean Allmark announced for the show, is that right? i don't didn't don't I yeah. saw him for the no CBS james tape. mason james mason that's right james mason's announced for the show yeah, that's kind of a british you, you've got a link to like uh british wrestling past haven't you that's the the type of thing that people expected itv world of sport to do which they haven't done it sounds in a lot of ways like they're, they're going to try and maybe learn from the the mistakes of itv and yeah again put Put his money where his mouth is and, and, you know, fix some of the, the critiques that, that he himself has had about ITV World of the Sport. That kind of makes me positive on it as a, as a TV show.
0: Yeah, and it's not a bad platform to learn from either, is it, World of Sport? Because I think the flaws with World of Sport are so obvious. Mm. If you're a wrestling fan, you can really see them. Mm. Um, So to build on that, and he seemed very positive about reality pieces and personality pieces. So I'm really hoping that's something that we do see in the program after what we've heard from him about Mm. that previously interestingly i was just having a look at free sports again and the last fight night they did was at the end of july that attracted f- about thirty thousand viewers it came in at yeah and that was ninth for the month for free sports if now anything so
2: and that's friday night nine o'clock yeah so it would make you it would make you wonder whether they want to do like a kind of fight night block or
0: something like that yeah. which is obviously yeah. what
2: happened in the past with WWE and UFC back on... That's what Access do too. in America as well, yes. isn't it? Because
0: they do the New Japan stuff, but they do some is it MMA they stuff. They do lots before? of MMA,
1: like, and the small ones like LFA. Yeah, and, like and a
0: boxing as yeah. well, yeah. So it would make sense for them to do that. Maybe and they'll put
1: thinking... it on Saturday night and go head-to-head with Flutter. That could be an idea, get the uh, the Saturday oh, Night Wars going in the UK. You could, uh, you could go with that. They've got their deal, haven't they? Is it Fight Network UK? That's where PCW have landed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Though? That's kind of maybe they were in... I don't know, maybe in the running or something, but they've decided to do their TV show as well. That's, you know, we're saying the free sports is a disappointing place to land. I mean, Fight Network UK, it's on the, is it the Showcase Channel that it's on? That's hardly, you know, uh, it's 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 quite high up on the dial. It's not a channel you're going to find a lot of people watching, uh, but still cool that the PCW have got TV as well.
0: I didn't even know Fight Network UK existed, to be honest with you. Um, I had no idea. It's like they what bought a was.
1: block on Showcase, essentially. It's like there's a few hours a day where it turns into Fight Network UK. They've been showing Impact and they've been showing a, a few other of, the, of, of their, their original program that they've got over in, uh, in Canada.
0: Okay. Is that part of the five? family is it like a viacom channel it's separate
1: separate and strangely impact is on there on fight network live but you can still watch it on five spike through the the normal five channel as well it's a bit weird that they managed to to do that deal but maybe it's because it's fight network themselves who already own impact are are kind of allowed to do it but yeah maybe that's where the pcw connection comes in as well they work with impact quite a bit Apparently they've got wrestling at the chase as well.
0: So maybe a bit of a and
1: British boot camp and explode a uh,
0: bit of flutter followed by a bit of Brody versus Ric Flair from the eighties in St. Louis or something. <laughs> I'd be there. up to that. <laughs> of, that. Of
2: that
0: course would you would. Right. Yeah, of course. I would. Yeah. Very uh, you though.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, I, I'm kind of of the real cord cutting generation at this point. Like I've kind of very rare, like it has mm, to be same. kind of, on demand and streaming is primarily where I watch. I still pay for a TV licence in case anybody fancies trying to grass me up. But <laughs> so I love the BBC, it's a brilliant institution, but i love, that's it. But I like with this, is it something that's going to be broadcast on YouTube, mm-hmm. let's say? Because I think like with mlw, obviously being on BN sports, but now being able to be viewed worldwide on YouTube, that that's you kind of want to be able to offer that. You, you want to both, don't yeah. you? You want to have do a and that goes for Rev Pro as well, because looking on the Free Sports homepage, it doesn't seem like there's an on demand well, service on
1: Last time for five, and star it's all League. in
2: SD, which is something that would I think will might wind me up eventually.
1: Last time for five star, they had uh, they were streaming on Joe Hendry's, was it his Twitch account? You could yeah. watch five star live there. That was kind I of their, that was their online streaming equivalent, wasn't it? Maybe we'll get get a similar thing with Andy's Twitter page. Maybe you will have to re sign up to Twitter, Joe. Maybe they'll go live there or they'll tout it out or something.
0: Oh, I'll uh, use my girlfriend's Twitter account. That'll do. <laughs> that'll do
1: me. That could be an idea. <laughs> Um, I suppose we should, uh, while we're talking RevPro, we should talk a little bit, I mean you guys on the last show did a a big preview of their uh, Summer Sizzler show and we all made the trip out there, I got lots of grief uh, yeah, I got lots of grief for, for this being my first trip to York Hall. Um, I kind of felt like saying to I've been getting grief on Twitter as well. Kind of felt like saying to people, listen, you know, I've made trips to RevPro before. I've gone to Reading. I've done Walthamstow. I've not done York Hall. But where were you guys when I was going to uh, the the Fusion Nightclub or going to see Preston City Wrestling in 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 the in Preston Town Hall? They, they, for me, that they, they were. That's the real arenas that you want to get to, not this York Hall nonsense. I wish I was
0: there, happening. mate. i seeing you know Fladder and his pomp with Councillor Drew Gale. <laughs> wish I was there, but uh, <laughs> how? How did you find your first trip to York Hall?
1: It was fun. I mean, it was like again, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, I've been made trips to a lot. I think it's because I'm a scouser as well. I don't many make many trips to London. We don't like to leave too often. But when I have come down, you know, I've got I've gone to shows with you guys, gone to progress shows, et cetera. But mm-hmm. yeah, never never quite made the the York Hall trip before. But yeah, it was fun just hearing the stories of. I mean, the Dundee Arms. It was great to finally go there. Uh, that was that was my main takeaway: uh, the fact that we got to sit in there with. Uh, the great and good of, of british wrestling and listened to, I mean, they were playing like a 90s hip-hop kind of it was it was like my old <laughs> yeah Kazar download queue back in the day of just wu-tang clan and there was Fugees and there was all kinds of, of great stuff going on there uh, great pub it's kind of like a, you guys were saying weren't you that it used to be like a bit of a dive and now it's turned into oh, it was a bit of a hip proper pub.
2: It was proper spit and sawdust because I remember
0: It was proper I, Queen Vic the first I went in there. It was like a proper Peggy Mitchell type it, it brassy was, barmaid who was serving us. Loads of boxing like yeah. memorabilia from like the old York all boxing days behind there, like boxing gloves on. Geezers
2: going to us like you gotta watch the wrestling.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
2: it was um yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a real spit-and-sawdust place that's been entirely gentrified in that time. I think we were there, was it before
0: Marty Skull Tanahashi? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: yeah it's kind but of, yeah,
0: it's a completely different vibe now to yeah. what it was then.
1: That's interesting, because yeah, it's kind of turned oh, exactly. into a, a Brit Res pilgrimage, isn't it? For people to, to go there and sit around the big table and talk about the, uh, the big goings-on in British wrestling. It's just like... Yeah, I'm glad I finally did it. I'm glad I finally got to your call after seeing it on tape for, for so many years and seeing all those Rev Pro Super Shows over the last few years. But I've got to say, I mean, my big takeaway from going into your call was, one, you were absolutely right about the bouncers. My God, it was kind of like, we were talking to me and JP, we were talking to Ian, Ian Hamilton, weren't we, after the show, and he was saying he yeah. couldn't, the, the bouncers wouldn't let him in with a bag with a box of ibuprofen, was it? like? Huh. yeah what were they expecting him to do deal out the, the 16 tablets to to individual people what the it was just I, I was kind of shocked at how again I've been to revro shows in the past that they don't seem to have these problems in other venues what is it about this to show called security it's like it's almost like they don't understand that there's a difference as you guys have said in the past between a yeah. boxing crowd and a bunch of wrestling fans in black t-shirts i saw a dude getting thrown out um when they i think they closed the bar about half nine when the show ran to about 11 i don't know if that was to avoid trouble from these dangerous wrestling fans but i saw some dude kicking off a bar and he literally got chucked out the back door by the bouncers they were telling you guys and me to to sit down every time we stood up get Uh, that
0: every show sit down lads sit down what is it about there's no disturbance whatsoever. They just make trouble for themselves. Um the same security work the Wolfhamstow shows as well, and they're completely different. Oh, interesting. it's a
1: York Hall. So I was gonna say Walthamstow uh, wasn't a problem at all, yeah. I didn't didn't notice anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same security. I think it's a York Hall directive. I know there was a stabbing outside a couple of years ago. And, and that was
2: at a boxing event.
0: Yeah, and they seem to go into absolute Overdrive mm. after that point, uh, it's like proper militant, like
1: police state style oh. security. Yeah, that chewing up taken, yeah. taken. off cool. the, the fact that I couldn't go and get a pint for for to to get to see. I'm live there getting to see Ishii and Walter, and I can't go and get a pint and enjoy it while I'm watching it. That just summed it up for me. It was just like, what? Is is that normal? Do they normally do that? Do they normally shut the bar like three or four matches before the end?
0: I never drink in there because the beer is shit in York Hall. Joe's was beer a lot of all would not be giving a positive review to any of those beers at the York bar. <laughs> when the second best beer gets John Smith's. <laughs> like, you know, cough my granddad's favorite beer and he lived till 95 so it tells you the generation that beer came from
1: yeah i've got to say an
0: an ageist snob don't i
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i'm with you because i don't think that's the first time i've drinking i've drunk carling in a a good number of years me and jp were were knocking those back but yeah (laughs) yeah not the best
2: no it's just like you endure it there yeah that's the earliest i've ever seen them close that Mm. and it was i mean it's strange I have to say, once you got inside, how did you feel about it? Because it wasn't as heaving as what you would
0: have... Yeah, yeah it wasn't as it usually is. It's usually a sellout, and there were about... I reckon there were 900 to 1,000 there. It's usually, what, 1-2 yeah. as a sellout? Yeah. What you
1: put that That's down a- to? Do you think it's kind of the fact that... I know ROH were running over the weekend, and they, were, they had the York Hall show on the Sunday. Is that it? They I did like-
0: 600 mm, at York Hall. Yes, the Ring of Honour was half full at York Hall. Mm. And I know their ticket prices were massively inflated... I just think it's maybe a really uh, oversaturated time for British wrestling shows at the moment. Mm. So much going on. Think about this week. Fight Club Pro have got three midweek shows at Hall in London this week. That venue is so easy for me to get to. It takes me about 50, 45, 50 minutes to drive there mm. from where I am. And I'm not going to any of the shows because I've got so many other shows on and they didn't announce any matches for the cards. So I thought, I'll skip it. So I'm having to choose more and more shows to pick to Mm. to go to. So I think people have got to be making these choices when there are so many shows going on at the moment. So it is
1: a tough one. Mm, Definitely. Yeah, I think I thought that that's probably a big part of it, isn't it? I kind of thought that is Ishii Walter not enough to draw that. I think maybe RevPro thought that. Maybe they just. Having that one big match on top, and it had support as well as you know the stuff we'll go through now, you know th- th- stories that they built over the cockpit shows. But I suppose they only had the one big dream match, and maybe maybe they could have loaded it a little bit more. But a little bit disappointing. But still, it was busy enough, wasn't it? And it was it was loud enough being in there. That was my other big takeaway: that being there live. Sound travels a lot better than it does on the crappy VOD that the yeah. ended up watching a few days later. Uh, Walter's chops do not sound quite as loud uh, on the VOD, but yeah, I mean, as a as a as a building, I'll definitely come on back, be doing that York Hall uh, trip again with you, um, just to make up for the years where I've not been going. But I mean, as a show, I mean, what did you guys make of it? You did a great job on the the previous show talking about the the matches going in. Joe, you were big into the the Bod and McGee feud. Did did that live up to the billing for? and what did you think of the, the show at all what were your highlights
0: um i thought the show was a good show i didn't think it was the best york show by any means but i thought it was a perfectly solid and perfectly enjoyable show i didn't think there was anything that i would say was bad on the show at all uh, a few things i was a little bit disappointed in Bowden mcgee i think has been the sleeper feud in british wrestling this year i think mcgee has been amazing he's really made a sort of star of himself in rev pro this year and i'm hoping to see him few more places because he's really got something um, but the match didn't live up to my expectation I think the other matches took me by such a surprise mm. and the Portsmouth match there was so it felt so complete and was so um, mental. This one felt a little bit slower. It felt like they were going for a slightly different style of match, if anything. Things were a little bit more maybe four out. Um, and it maybe didn't connect in the way I thought it was going to. I thought McGee got reasonably over on the night, though. Yeah. Um, there was some good chance for him as well. And he came out wearing his uh, new attire, which I you know, wasn't expecting because he's been... Young boy, mm. black trunk Dan McGee, up until now as well. Um, but you could tell a few people didn't know he was, but I think – People dislike Bodem so much that for for McGee to get over in this setting in front of more people, Bodem was probably the ideal opponent for him, if anything. And, yeah, I thought it was a good, enjoyable match. Bodem got the win. I can see him doing more of them from here as well. Didn't feel like this was the end of this with the little handshake. Um, So we'll see where this goes. I really hope Dan McGee um, gets out there a little bit more and continues getting bookings. Because, like I say, he's been in my opinion the best young guy on the british scene this year and i don't hear him getting anywhere near the level of talk that he deserves from the stuff that he's done this year he's far and ahead of anyone that i've seen with a couple of years of experience from any of the other wrestling schools around the country i think
1: i I kind of he's someone who the little that i've seen of him i've enjoyed but i'm someone i'm kind of the the ideal i mean i don't get to see every cockpit show and i haven't seen i've heard you rave about this few coming in and i'm the kind of person who like you talked about on the preview show that maybe needed maybe that just little video recap to, to tell me what the story yeah, was going it would have, in it would have helped I, I think the fact that it's clearly obvious what's going on. It's an easy-to-tell story in a match. But, yeah, I think it kind of missed that. And it just felt, I don't know, JP, it felt off, I thought. Just the fact that, you know, there was a couple of botches in the match that, that hurt it as well. That weird botch on the, the apron where they were doing a reversal to a tombstone. And then they both kind of fell over to the floor. So, did the spot again on the floor, which is just the worst thing you can do. Oh, yeah. The finish was weird as well. Just, yeah, I was kind of ready to be maybe not blown away by this, but well up for it. And I, I've got to say, I, I felt a bit disappointed.
0: Yeah. I, I think I just thought it'd be more of a war. Yeah. I, uh, I think that we were all expecting more of a brawl worm. We? Yeah. The nature of the feud, which kind of would I
2: have played really to McGee's strength. Yeah. I think Bowden would have been able to hang for That would have been something a bit better, but it, it didn't have that vibe to it. It kind of, it was not like the story had changed, but it was less about these two being rivals. And kind of felt more about his Dan McGee's debut at the at the York Hall. bowdoin has been there, obviously, lots of times now, and that was more of the dynamic. Mm. And I think it, it would have served them better to kind of have a wild brawl. To, yeah, to start off. I, mean, I know this goes into fantasy,
0: and to get the territory. crowd going a bit sort of yeah. crazy at the beginning as well. Yeah, no, I think sometimes as well with these Friday night shows, I think mm. you do because people have been maybe come from work and they've got there a little bit late and they're just coming into the building I think you need that hot opening to get you up after that long day I think the Saturday York Cool shows are a little bit different maybe Mm. you've had a little bit more time you spent the day in London possibly whereas with these I think you want that fast pace that maybe sprint style eight nine minute match to get you up for the show if anything Mm. and I really thought this match was going to do that and I felt that it did it so to
1: an extent they didn't
0: do it to the level i thought that it was going to do it let's just say oh,
1: fair enough uh, i suppose the the other kind of long-term feud match that was on the show that kind of caught my attention going in uh, el fantasma and david Starr. i thought that was a better example of of what we're talking about with rev pro storytelling i think they they at least tried to make the effort with doing a, a video um and, and get us somewhat hyped for the match although yeah the video wasn't the best but hey hopefully that uh that tv production is going to help go forward that type of stuff <laughs> uh that was something i really enjoyed getting to see david starr do his awesome heel work and get to see el Fantasma again live who does such good work in rev pro and has really come along hasn't he the last couple of years
0: yeah i think so i think he's probably Possibly the most improved guy in this country this year is El Fantasmo. Uh, he's a different wrestler to what he was when I first saw him, say, a year or so ago. Um, I think he's really improved confidence wise as well. You can see there's a bit more self confidence there as mm. well. And this is a feud that's kind of been bubbling under. And again, I haven't heard get a lot of talk, but on the cockpit shows, show to show, it's been a decent feud. They've done some decent stuff. I think Star's on fire with his promos at the moment. Um, He's. I think Rev Pro get the most out of Star. Um, I know we've got shit for saying that Star is underused in progress. He is underused in progress. <laughs> tag
1: team with Jack Saxmith. How can you argue that? It's just <laughs> he's he's
0: there to give Jack Sax with something to do. Yeah. and they're a fun tag team. But th- this guy has so much to give oh, as a singles guy. Yes. He's great in the ring. He's a great character. He's one of the best heels we've got on the indie scene in the moment mm. if you ask me and i love the dynamic that he's got going on with shea purser here oh, as well awesome. yeah and how they sort of paid that off in this match as well which is something people are into because that's been built up over a number yeah. of shows now oh sorry
1: <laughs> um <laughs> i thought jp was going to start no, talking there uh, nothing <laughs> um, <laughs> i mean i'll add something i just to, I'd kind of back that up i think david Stars is someone who i like david Starr, no matter where he works he's one of my favorite wrestlers on the indies he's someone i'm glad WWE haven't snapped up um but yeah his best presentation is in wxw as the kind of not the underdog but the naily man you know as we saw at carrot and the ongoing stuff with walter and his presentation here as a heel he's just he's someone who Again, the other thing about him is as well, like the, the thing I noticed being there live is how far he'll go in trying to get his opponent over as well, and the work that he was putting in, and the amount of powdering and bumping. The match was built around El Phantasmo's offense rather than David Starr's offense. It was just a kind of maybe old school's a bit strong, but you know, uh, just a, maybe not a work rate match, just the traditional wrestling match with a strong heel and a strong baby face and the heel doing everything he can to get the crowd behind the face and el Fantasmo for his part being that great baby face with his great offense and just being perfect in the role as well
2: absolutely i'd say one of the things that Fantasmo's really worked on is like being able to connect with the crowd i saw this in attack on the on the sunday after this as well
0: oh well, they the same match no 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 just in oh, terms of el, right. el
2: Fantasmo being there but he's his ability to be able to connect with the audience Mm -hmm. has just sort of, at some point, and I think he may have been working at the cockpit those few times where you're kind of forced into that environment and that seems to have served him really well that that he has got an audience connection. I'd like to say with Star, Star is like an example of the benefits of working lots of different promotions with lots of different styles. His ability to more or less work with anyone Mm -hmm. is pretty incredible. I mean, you can go from a Walter to a Phantasmo, where, and it won't be like it's falling apart.
0: Um, but there's a complete change in character as well. Oh, isn't exactly.
2: There? Yeah. On top of all of that, yeah. being able to to play convincing baby face and convincing heel. I mean, it's it's you know every time I see him wrestle, I enjoy myself. I, I, yeah like that's the thing i don't
0: not every time i see him wrestle every time i see him yeah he's just got something about him he's got a presence um you know you're going to get something interesting when he appears yeah um he gives his all every night as well and he's got a pretty full schedule but i think this character especially is one that i think. Probably the strongest character in Rev Pro right now, if anything. Mm. And I think what he's done is the Cruiserweight division in Rev Pro, I think, is in an interesting position. We've got the J-Cup coming up as well. Mm. I'm sure that there's going to be storylines that come out of that as well. Mm. But you look at the amount of talent in that J-Cup as well. So you've got many a potential feud you can carry on with David Starr after this as well. And it almost feels like the... Uh, junior belt has replaced the world title in a way because that's obviously away with with minora suzuki yeah so this felt like a really built to um episodic sort of match in its execution if anything and in its build so he's kind of their default world champion in a way while minora suzuki's away so it's like minora suzuki is like the brock lesnar style super champion he's doing the aj styles role Yeah. yeah which i have to say
2: like on this show I found myself having somewhat of a problem that, that, that there wasn't like the, the world title being so far away. And obviously they had the number one contender match. But I think there is something to say where they're going to need to do something with that soon enough, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you
2: don't want to end up in a situation like with a Lesnar, wherever he's gone. And, yeah. And it did make me also then think of the junior title as like the Intercontinental title for what, like, you know, you're hogan super fights that happen every once in a while like you say as well and then you've got the workers underneath
0: was minora suzuki booked on our next ott show on october the 12th because i'm pretty oh, october the 13th cause i'm pretty sure we'll get the rev pro show the day before won't we yeah i know that the lij are on it but i don't know if suzuki or ishi are on it because you could always get the suzuki ishi match for the belt mm-hmm. in japan you never know you might get Ishii, wouldn't it back so
1: it's kind of unpredictable at the moment, isn't it? What's going on with that? If anything, it's probably just difficult from a scheduling position, isn't it? It's like uh, on that interview, yeah. was saying about Andy Quill was saying about Tanahashi being someone who he wants to get back over, and just something always gets in the way. Uh, I'm sure they'll make it work and, and get Suzuki back, but yeah, I don't see. I think do. You, oh, go. On.
2: Do you think they get a, do you, I was going to say, do you think they get away with the situation because it's Suzuki that really that that the only reason they can, they can have a world champion who is going to be there very, very intermittently is because it's Minoru Suzuki, because he is in terms of indie wrestling. I mean, he is so special to be able to see Mm. him in the, you know, what is the later part of his career, being able to have so many great matches and having such an aura and a presence to him. Because I wonder like, I mean, if we're going to be honest, if other promotions were doing this, how would we feel about that, about a world champion being away so much? I think, and I've been critical of progress having it defended too much.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think there's that balance, isn't there, between the two? Where mm. if he's on, say, he was on the cockpit shows, or he's on every show defending against every member of the Rev Pro roster, then yeah. it gets a bit old and it gets a bit silly that everyone's getting a title shot. So you, there's a line between keeping it special. Um, they could get away with it here, obviously, because they had the, the big main event. But you wouldn't want them to go. Mm. Another York Hall show, or go, you know, say they booked a Reading date or something to go without, you know, having him there. I think, but I, I, I think that I can I think that's unlikely. I think we'll we'll see him back. Uh, it did feel like, didn't it? They were planning on having him here. Um, obviously, something went wrong, but I think it's a fair criticism. I think it's kind of like there are pros and cons, aren't there, to that New Japan relationship? The pros are you get to use their guys, and the cons are you you kind of like Andy Quilden said the little brother to the big brother and you've got to in some ways you've got to jump when they say and you lose a little bit of power over you know you get all the benefits of having Minoru Suzuki walking around with the British title belt but the negative Mm. is you lose a little bit of power over that belt and and, you know how much say you have in in what you can do with your champion
0: yeah most definitely Uh, it'd be interesting to see where this is going I'm confident (laughs) uh And yeah, if we get Suzuki Ishi at uh, the your cool, next Your Cool show, mm. great. I'm, I'm obviously going to be there anyway, but that's great for me. Definitely.
2: When they did this, with Sh- when they did this with Shibata before, I was fine with it. Then. Yeah, yeah, it, it really wasn't works. an issue. And I also really think works. as well, it's the fact that New Japan acknowledged the existence of this yeah. title. Mm. This isn't something that the commentators and the promotion themselves ignore. So if Minoru Suzuki is wrestling in Japan on on the on. And he's, he will be with the destruction tour. It'll be a case, and he's you know he'll turn up to his match with Naito with that Rev Pro title, mm. and that will give it give it meaning, even though that won't necessarily be on the line.
0: Hey, perhaps uh, Naito will beat him, and we'll get Naito Suzuki at the next York Hall show for the uh, British heavyweight title. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll make the trip again if that happens. Um, I mean, before yeah. we, we get into the, I suppose the big match from this show. I mean, anything else from the undercard that stands out for you? Uh, Tito and Sobrenaro kind of had uh, Ben Owens stood next to me and UJP jumping up and down, losing his yeah. mind. Were you a fan of that one, or what else on the uh, on the undercard uh, work for you? I
2: would, I would say, of the stuff that was on the undercard. I mean, of of that match, it was it was fine. It's like the C- yeah, the CMLL version of Lucha would be the version of Lucha I'd be kind of happiest seeing, as opposed to AAA, which is mental. Um, the but the, I would say and I, I thought it was I thought it was fine, it was good fun. It was like a it was like a good match to having the second half opener. Then the crowd got into it eventually, but it still you know, it still took a little while. For me, the match of the undercard was the CCK Aussie Open mm, yeah. and I'd argue the match of the night um for that. Um Gresham and yeah. Brooks it was it was great because Gresham could could sort of fit into the moves with uh, into the moves with Chris Brooks, the dynamic kind of work. You get Brooks at his best work working with Gresham as well, who who made such a good impression. It makes me feel i have i have not seen him enough.
0: Like Gresham, Gresham. I'm Gresham. hoping he's back. I think oh, you know God, what. Yeah. I, I like Kid Lycos and I feel really bad for him. Yeah. Man, if they can get Gresham over a bit more, he's, <laughs> he's an upgrade. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's awesome. I think he's one of the most underrated guys around. And this was a real kind of, I don't know, he really put his stamp on this match for and yeah. made the most of this un, unexpected opportunity. Yeah. And he's got something. And him and Brooks together, I thought, were a great tag team. Yeah. I never saw him in the first incarnation of CCK years ago in Fight Club Pro, but... I'd love to see him actually give this a proper uh, go, if anything. Um, I hope the um, OG of CCK, Jonathan Gresham, can stay fit um, (laughs) and stay in shape because I know that he got injured, so he was off of those progress shows when he Mm. was replaced by training partner A.R. Fox. That's right. And now he's been replaced by Timothy Thatcher, is it, in progress? Yeah. Which I... Herb was good on Sunday, but it sounds random as from mm. um, the
2: little very brief snippets of stuff. Yeah. It, it looked like some very fun stuff.
0: Yeah. But Gresham was great here. I thought it was fire was amazing Mm. um he he was a great guy to take you know take a beat down but then his actual offense when he was on a comeback during the match Mm. worked for what it was in the match and got people massively into what he was doing him and mark davis i thought had great chemistry big man little man that was a
1: fantastic dynamic book that the cockpit please (laughs) i think you could get i mean they, they both got they're both wrestlers who i think it's something about the pace in the way they work and the way davis can string together that hot tag where he's just hitting all kinds of explosive offense and gresham's kind of the same way and as a small man you know there was that bit where he kind of hit a suicide dive and a lion salt on the shooting star press all kind of in a row i'd love to see them two just go, go back and forth with those crazy spots with the added Big man, little man, dynamic. I think they were kind of, for me, They just watching this live. And uh, me and you, JP, we were stood right in front of Tomohiro Ishii during this one, who didn't look very impressed. Uh, Maybe it was the fact that uh, he just had his photo taken with me. Uh, but he's uh, <laughs> I have been, I've been sick ever since as well and I'm wondering whether to take it maybe shaking Ishii's hand I, I doubt it. it was probably one of the, the, the many other uh, unfortunate people who were, who were in, in the building or something Of uh, I've heard a few people getting sick from that weekend so maybe it was we were all cooped up in your call so maybe it's not Ishii's fault but I digress but he was kind of uh, in the crowd I reckon
0: it was JP's flat that you stayed at that <laughs> night all that, all that piss poor carling maybe, uh, no, yeah. maybe it
1: was the carling yeah so maybe it's not Ishii's fault but yeah he was kind of watching this match behind us wasn't he, jp we were kind of i was a little bit distracted in on this one because i desperately wanted to get my picture with uh with tomohiri yes. i Watching it back on the vod and it was an awesome match um but yeah it was hard to tell wasn't it what he thought of it
2: yeah i don't i i think though no, oh i mean it's it's such an interesting one because he would have seen aussie open now a good few times mm-hmm. Ishi on on there and um one of the things I'd say about Aussie Open is they're rapidly becoming the highlight of every York call show I go to now. I'm thinking of the match they had with the Chosen Bros. Yeah, that was awesome. Um,
0: and who was it then after that? They had a match with the Hunters at the Cockpit yes. last month, which was great as yeah. well. I was really into that one. I think they're, they've been the best tag team in the UK this year. Um, they're the they most really consistent have. tag team, that's mm. for sure. Mm.
2: And, and the couple of kind of common say criticisms but comments that, that you would kind of hear is one of the things is about Fletcher's build that was absolutely fascinating from the interview the Tanahashi oh, yeah, yeah. story of like him coming over and basically after that speaking to Carl Fletcher and saying you need to get him, over, get him over to talk to Curtis Chapman as well because yeah, yeah. Um, you look at Fletcher's build and how much bigger he is mm-hmm. now and how much he's He's really starting to fill out, and you realise he's 19, and the upside for him. I think he's 20 now. Is he 20 now? Yeah, I think so. The upside is wild for him, the- like of how of how good he could be, because the kind of the people he's getting to work against mm. is is It's it's incredible for someone his yeah. age, I think
1: by quite a distance. They've become the the best tag team in England, haven't they? Um, not yeah. an English team, but I yeah. mean these types of matches very kind of not spot heavy but you know you get a lot of big kickouts at the end of the match and it might not be for everybody but they do this is kind of their touring match that they're doing everywhere and it's gotten them over hasn't it and like you say combined with the the improvements that they've made cosmetically as well um yeah it's really you were saying
2: about the gear weren't you as Mm. well and 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 mark davis has kind of he's he's tightened up his physique Mm. you know that seems like for him. And again, we come back onto the aesthetics of how people, people, it, it, that makes a deal. If you're trying to get into tag league in new Japan, Mm. you know, they want people to look like heavyweights and you can really see like with, with Carl Fletcher that he's, he's making such a concerted effort now to get up to that. And he's got the height as well. And like you say that, that touring match, it just, it just connects with audiences. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's it and you can plug Timothy Thatcher into it and apparently it works in progress as well. So Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's great to see, you know, how far those two guys have come uh, and that they are a match that, You know, mo- most people were raving about from the from the first half of this show. Um I mean before we get I don't to... know why. Oh, Sorry, no, just to interrupt you. I don't know why like we're talking about tag
0: league and I'd love to see him in tag league in new Japan. I'm amazed PWG haven't brought them in. Mm. They're two guys that I think would fit that style, both as yeah. singles and as a tag team. Just They just walk in and it would click into place, I think. It amazes me that they've not been booked over there yet. I know Carl Fletcher's a young lad, and I know Mark Davis was booked there like 10 years ago or something, but mm. they just seem like they're absolutely right. When Adam Brooks is getting such regular PWG bookings, I don't understand how these guys are <laughs> both better
1: than him and Jonah Rock. Aren't over there? Yeah, kind of. Brooks has got the the reputation thing, hasn't he? But yeah, you'd think these guys kind of reputation would bleed its way to Super Dragon. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I was bored with Brooks' match on this. Card. I like. <laughs> I, was, I love kushida I was gonna Brooks. ask. I've heard. Oh. I've heard so many bad reviews of this one live. I I didn't hate it. I thought it was an open okay no, match. No, I didn't either. But, but that's him all over, Brooks. isn't
0: it? I don't know. I it, I find him dull i really do um do you think he'd be better wish... off
1: 50 giving him more he feels like a wrestler who'd fit rather than doing his 25 minute match with a low blow finish he's someone who i'd rather see do ongoing you know being some kind of feud being a, a promotion where he's working shorter matches and he's i don't know got something more character based to go with i don't know if that would be a, a better fit for think... him
0: he's really tried going with character stuff as this heel though he's trying to get heat constantly with especially with the finishes of his matches and the cheekiness and the kind of uh, stuff that he shouts during matches but i find that a lot of the times very slow and it, he was advertised to us as a highlight reel wrestler before we got him over here wasn't he really mm. and we were told about this great match of osprey and all the rest of it and he's come over and he's I've seen him do those highlight reel style matches and I thought that was where his strengths are. Mm. But a lot of the time he ends up doing more sort of, I think, what he views as character driven matches that don't connect and don't get over. The best stuff I've seen of him was the Brian Cage match he had at the Rev Pro New Orleans show, which was a big man, little man, nine minute match, but he was an underdog he was stronger as kind of an underdog. And then the match here with Matt Riddle in PCW that we were at live, which was about eight minutes. And it was a sprint that was based around big spots. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Riddle took all of his shit and made him look amazing. And I just wish that he was, I don't know, doing more of that. Cause I think highlight real stuff plays to his strengths more than kind of stereotypical heel stuff. Really?
1: Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite. Really. I think I get what you're saying because I think he's got that in him to have those matches. But I, I kind of feel like, I mean, the, I think the Osprey thing is the best example. The fact that apparently he called out Osprey for the, the upcoming Leamington show and then de- decided that he didn't want to face him. And it, he, he was, he's been talking about going home. I think that was the that's kind of the latest direction with him. But if they went back to that, I think I'd maybe we if he if he is going to leave and he is going to go go back home if they gave us that one you know that big osprey match maybe we get best of both worlds we get the the big match between them two and we get you know something of a a story to pay off all of the heel shenanigans that seem to be such a a big part of his character Mm.
2: and we've said it before several times on the show how osprey manages to bring out the absolute best in people the amount of times you said it last on the last yeah round, yeah. people have that really great match with will osprey and you imagine he would just be going balls to the wall to to, to get everything to, to get everything about adam brooks over for that match and that would be something and give you something to kind of then want to have him come back mm-hmm. for is, as well. is brooks
1: visa up
2: is it I, I don't know I mean he actually went back to Australia very recently so I don't oh, know he? whether or not that's he the was case yeah. yeah
1: apparently he was threatening it on Sunday in a promo um, uh, but whether that's more a story thing that he doesn't want to face our spray again rather than the fact that he's really going it's hard to tell he's a heel don't you know Joe he gets he gets heat
0: yeah okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: anything else on the, on the undercar from this show before we go into the big match
2: oh um, no, uh, Shane Strickland did a hell of a job getting a match out of Great O'Carne.
0: <laughs> I thought your mates were Great O'Carne. Took I, a couple of selfies with him that were like, "That's a, true." Couple yeah. of top buds.
2: <laughs> up. It's it's so slow, but Strickland sold like a motherfucker,
0: yeah.
2: like for everything. <laughs> but it was it's bizarre. It's him and Dan McGee in Lemington.
0: I'm looking forward to. Uh, that one. I'm
2: I'm curious to see what yeah. that, what that's going to be like. Um, other than I, I will say this this is damning with low expectations I enjoyed yearn Simmons Lance Archer more than I thought I would do well you're the one and I, I found someone yeah
1: <laughs> it wasn't no I didn't hate it it was, it was just a, a it was a big lads match wasn't it I think yeah it, it was a big lads so match I remember I JP's the
0: got his Jern Simmons bias hasn't he well, it's Ioan Simmons and there's Lance Hoyt in the ring,
2: so like, exactly. there's all manner of things that are appealing to be <laughs> a man be from TNA
0: alone. and a man who's cast you paid to sign in Germany. So you know you're an absolute mark for this it one. Didn't, weren't where have you? you got that from? I saw you signed it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I try to wind you up. Yeah, um, yeah it, 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 this
1: match happened, didn't it? It did. It did. Should we talk the main event then?
0: That was the main event, wasn't it? <laughs> to you, it might yeah
1: yeah go on uh, well let's talk the main events of uh of this show Walter and Ishii was the big match going in the match that got me down to York Hall the match that we all wanted when we first saw Walter announced with Yuji Nagata and Yujiro at SAC UK this was the stuff that we wanted and we we got it uh in the building I absolutely love the match uh yeah i've heard some people on vod not hugely into it but it felt like a big one for me it felt like a big match maybe not top level she but up there mm. with his you know maybe his standard level because his standard is is quite high for anyone uh what did you both make of this as a match and uh yeah did it did it live up to the billing
0: i thought it was a great match i've got to say i was really into it live mm. um the chops alone were worth the price for admission. I thought like there was just an electricity in the room whenever Walter hit one of those chops. I thought Ishi was different level here as well. Ishi's at the most insane month, maybe in wrestling history. And he topped it off with this ridiculous match against Walter after his G1. Mm. What I loved was the way that Ishii sold Walter's offense. He did the classic Ishii selling, but almost ramped it up a little bit. Yeah. So when Walter was chopping him and he was kind of coming back at him and doing that kind of like, ah, uh, like that yeah. strength style stuff where he was trying to keep on his feet. I thought that was something I'd never seen in a Walter match really before. So it felt original. It felt kind of fresh. Within that environment as well for Walter, um, I thought this was a great match. I was really happy with it as a main event. It was as stiff as I wanted it to be. It was as kind of it wasn't mental, but it had all the trademarks of Ishii that I wanted from this type of match.
1: Mm. It kind of felt like yeah, you got all the Ishi trademarks, didn't it? And yeah. you got all the Walter trademarks. Maybe we were missing, you know. It's the first time matched thing isn't it where maybe not 100% gelling as far as chemistry goes i mean yeah as yes. I, but the, but when you're there live and you're called i mean that's what we wanted isn't it i wanted to see she do his selling i wanted to see him do his no selling like he did when he when i think Walt hit like that, that big butterfly german off the top and She kind of came back, and the crowd, which popped, that was—I was kind of thinking in that moment, this is what I onto that of this match. That and the, the obvious the the chop exchanges as well. Uh, Maybe the match was missing something to you know make it a near a five star match or near maybe a an absolute classic match. But I did Mm. feel like uh, I got my money's worth in the building. I don't know about you, JP.
2: Uh, yeah. I I mean, live. It was really special. You mentioned earlier on with the sound, the way that it travels in the building. So those chops really do have this this effect. doesn't
1: necessarily on the VOD, does it? Maybe that's where some of the criticisms come in.
2: That's what it is. And on the VOD, which then again comes back to sort of bring everything full circle, kind of back onto the TV, onto the production values. Um, The thing I felt with this, like my, my thought coming away from it, is that this was building... To the rematch that this is the first mm. of I think I'm hoping you know everything goes well the first of three that you could get there um, before that I think we'd all had that kind of certain there, there, there was there was that point where, where when the match was first announced mm. that it was like oh okay we're going to be getting you know this is Walter going to be winning to build up to Walter Suzuki and then and you mentioned this on the preview as well the fact that you have to keep Ishii strong because of King of Pro, uh, not King of Pro Wrestling, because of the Destruction Tour, where he's going to be facing um, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Mm. And you've got that into the mix as well. And this is where the new the the new Japan influence can be there. But it still felt to me that possibly we're going to get the fact that Ishii, whether or not Ishi takes the title off Suzuki and then has the rematch with Walter and then you work in Suzuki after, yeah. after that. Because Walter would be... I mean it's very much in vogue isn't it to have Walter as your champion Mm. that that would be the way you would go about it so for me I kind of got the impression that it felt like it was this is the first step Mm. and that maybe when you've got the next time and and there's other other different things you can do that it will that it will be better for me like as a comparable and it's a slightly comparable match it wasn't Ishii Keith Lee one Mm. I should say where that just
0: kind of felt really blow away. I think there's just the psychology in that was on a different level and it was such a simple approach um, with the match and it just worked straight away. I didn't think this was complicated, but I didn't think there was that same engagement from the psychological point of view of the story they were trying to get across here. Um, But I think the match was stronger as it went as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ishii's selling as the match went on gave the match more and it got people more into it because they were so enamored by the way she was selling because it was so different from what people would had seen that night and see generally he's got the most unique way of selling in wrestling i think
1: yeah definitely and getting to see him live doing that selling is not something i'm i'm ever going to complain about and getting him to do that selling to you know some of the chops that walter was hitting just you know, just there was there's just moments where Ishii was trying to fight back with his own chops and Walters, especially in the building, again, apologies to anyone watching back on the VOD. Sounded like a gunshot going off and it was just yeah. uh, I think Ishii's the perfect person, like you say, Joe, with the selling to to take that stuff and we got all we got the greatest hits, we got the stuff that, you know, we mm-hmm. wanted to see live in the building and maybe I don't know, maybe The thing that was missing was maybe just that last i was kind of thinking that last walter fight back at the end maybe i I was kind of hoping for the they did a few near falls at the end but it was kind of like ishii hit his clothesline then he hit his brain buster and then it was just over and i kind of thought there might be a little bit more maneuver in there to protect Mm -hmm. Walter. maybe part of it's the fact that I just really wanted Walter to win uh, and expected Walter to win as well. I thought it was a foregone conclusion, but yeah, maybe for giving it some more thought. And, you know, you make a relevant point there. The fact that Ishiya's got a world title shot coming up uh, from a New Japan point of view, they're not going to want him to, to lose. And maybe that scuppered things a little bit as well. But maybe the fact that it was, you know, a really, really good, maybe, four-star plus match and not a five-star match and the fact that there was a little bit maybe they didn't go that extra level with the the kickouts or with the counters at the very end of the match it does leave room doesn't it to to come back and do match two do do match three the the post-match certainly looked like that might be a, a possibility
0: yeah without a doubt it didn't feel like it was the right time for walter to lose i suppose mm. but it didn't feel like these guys kind of blew their load on what they can do Mm. and it did feel like there was more more in the tank for him to give at a later date as well and the story here could be walter trying to you know get onto ishii's level this is that walter's winning all these belts around europe and he's got the pwg title obviously but is he at the standard to compete say with a new japan guy and maybe that could be the story going forward and that's when he gets to that level and proves himself potentially. and Maybe he'll start getting New Japan tours. We never know. I'd love to see that, personally. Um, but, yeah, there is a story to tell there. And at the end as well, when we had the whole respect thing between Walter and Ishii, Ishii was kind of laughing, wasn't he, when yeah. Walter shocked him at the end. Trying to do and the, the sort of PCO think,
1: thing, wasn't he? Trying to do the, the chop yeah. respect thing, and Ishii wasn't really having much of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sort of it sort of felt like okay, he's got a little bit of respect, but he's not got all of my respect. Mm-hmm. So it felt like it was something to maybe advance this going into another match down the line potentially. Definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. Well, let's hope then. Let's hope we, uh, I'd love to see it in Japan, but yeah, if they do it in your call and they do it too. I think this is a match where, you know, JP, mentioned uh, Ishii and Keith Lee, where I think the first was much the stronger of the two. This is a, a rival we were, if they, if they have a number two, I could see it being, you know, built, building on this and, and being the stronger match. Um, it's certainly a match you can come back to, and yeah, it's not the, it's not the end of the world for Walter, is it? He's in the, he's in the title pitcher in Rev Pro and, okay, yeah, we might be going back to Ishii and Suzuki, but you've got to think that Walter's going to be there or thereabouts.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And I think, you know, Andy Corden in the interview again seemed really happy that he was booking Walter, if anything, that Walter was doing good things for him in this promotion. He's doing great things everywhere at the moment. And I think the range of opponents that Walter can potentially face in... Rev Pro is so different to opponents he can face anywhere else mm. Walt is in a position where you know he's he got to face Nagata at the last set of shows he's got to face Ishii here he's a fan of this style of Japanese wrestling, I've heard him say that before so for him he's getting to kind of wrestle probably I imagine dream opponents to some extent if he's getting booked for Rev Pro so I think it's a really smart move and I think we're going to see a lot more from him in Rev Pro
1: definitely uh while we're talking walter should we uh, talk some of the, those other big matches that he's had over the the last couple of weeks
0: oh yeah
1: yeah <laughs> we, we were gonna i mean we haven't had unfortunately a time of recording not had time myself to watch the the full wrestlerama show um but walter had a you I know mean, match that everyone who was live at that show it felt like the entirety of uh, of the irish wrestling fan base was was raving about the match it finally came out on vod and Again, it's spread and everyone's been raving about the match. I'm talking about Jordan Devlin and Walter, the, the main event of that WrestleRama show. Walter just, what a two weeks he's had. I mean, okay, maybe I heard some people slightly down on the Walter-Rishi match, but this Devlin-Walter match absolutely lived up to the billing for me. I'd seen the video package going in that I'd watched. Just on I mean, even that alone, that probably... Deserves ten minutes of analysis. How good that thing was, you know, putting together the the boxing imagery and uh, telling the story of you know they've only had a Walter for a couple of shows in ott and just using the video to you know to show that Devlin and David Starr have been too jokey as a team and that's why they lost the ring camp and then having Walter come back and cause absolute murder and mayhem and. Put him together as this big bad in OTT, this final boss. I've heard him described as uh, OTT. Just doing like Rev Pro do a great job with Walter, but I think they did an absolutely incredible job going into wrestlerama and and building this match with Devlin.
2: They that promo, and I've I've seen it a few times now, is absolutely incredible. I mean, I mean when you're talking of production levels outside of WWE. It's the kind of stuff that WXW were watching and thinking, "Bloody hell, we'll have to really, we'll have to do stuff like this." Because they built that up as a genuine super fight, and it and it had that. And it was like you say, only in for a couple of shows. The way they factored Sean McGuinness uh Sean Guinness into the story mm. was was incredible. Um, uh, of Jordan Dev, you know, Jordan Devlin's friend. The fact that the last time. He'd faced Walter. He tapped. He tapped out to him in in the tag match, mm. and it was it was just such a feel, and it was so electric that atmosphere. I mean, it was it just oh. looked in- incredible.
1: It meant something, didn't it? It felt big time.
2: It did. Like the emotion in it, and the emotion at the the end of the match, just like ast- astounding. Like the way that they had. Thatcher and Star as cornermen who had their own match earlier on in the card as well, which but I also have there's The seen.
0: dynamic with Star, yeah. which you can now play off with Devlin, where. Yeah he can't beat walter yeah Yeah. and devlin felt like it was he was kind of had the same frustrations and desperation that david Mm. Starr has in those walter matches so
1: there was another way to kind of lace that in quite nicely as well wasn't there Yep, just layers of it wasn't there just yeah just him being there and just seeing him interact with walter just added to it as well didn't it but the difference that you say in the video package you've got you know De- devlin and star bleeding jokers and then david Starr as a corner man was just he was a straight man wasn't he he was there to yeah. support his friend and it kind of added to the the seriousness of it i mean i don't even know where to start with the match itself it was just i love walter's matches but i think the fact that the build was so good the fact that the commentary was so good um i've not always been into ott's commentary but i think there is a time and a place for biased commentary. It's like you know when you watch it what you when you watch an England game or you watch a, a an English team in European football and the commentators just go full Hard bias. Andy Townsend <laughs> go going full on it. <laughs> no,
0: nah, Andy Townsend's biased commentary <laughs> was too far. This but, was much better than any the, Andy Townsend commentary. They walked
1: that line, didn't they? It was like they they wanted Devlin to win and they were almost cheering him on. But you could tell in the commentary that they did—they almost didn't believe that Devlin could win. And I think that's yeah. the line that they, they walk so well. You know, mentioning that Walter was like a, a bully in school that kind of grew up and then he learned how to fight as well. And, you know, telling the story of, you know, later on as well when he kind of... I think there was a point where Devlin managed to fight back and the commentators were almost grasping at straws, going, see, Walter is human. But at the same time, maybe not fully believe in it i think that yeah they didn't go full townsend i think they, they really it worked <laughs> didn't it for the uh for the segment
0: yeah without a doubt and it, what i loved as well is the commentary and the whole presentation of the match it felt like a sporting contest yes if anything and like some of my favorite wrestling ever is early 90s wcw you know i even love the bill watts era wcw that gets a lot of (laughs) share because the stuff is promoted like a sporting contest and you know if you watch some of the older 80s mid-south stuff as well it's promoting a very similar vein Mm -hmm. as a sporting contest That's serious and these fighters have um, these backgrounds and these stories that are brought into the match and it felt a little bit like, as I said, a sporting contest. It felt a bit like a Sting Vader match that you'd get in the yeah. early 90s as well. With Walter in there as your Vader, Devlin in there as your Sting type character. And it felt like, again, we spoke about Walter Ishii being number one. This feels like the first of a series of Walter yeah. Devlin matches as well. It's like Walter has got these feuds that he manages to get more bookings and more epic storylines and matches from because he's just got something about him as a wrestler. Mm. And because you get a lot of smaller guys now as well, you can play off that dynamic Mm. so effectively. Mm. I thought in terms of a pure, a match that was promoted purely as a sporting contest was the most effective way I've seen this done in, in on the European Indies in God, I I can't remember the last time it was just great in that way. It's really hard to think of a
2: comparison point. Mm. Almost within European wrestling, where there was that level of support for Devlin oh, that was there.
1: I need to like, be there for a Devlin. Devlin coming yeah. out to that inception theme, and oh, an OTT show. Up. I need to be there for one. I've got to do it.
2: If I can offer one criticism, and it's not really of the match, it's the venue. It needed yeah. to. If it was at the stadium, yeah. Now. I think you would build to it being at the stadium, and it's probably just about how the the, the arena on the Shore Road comes across. That it's obviously all flat seating,
3: hmm. which
2: is never something I think that visually looks good. It's nice when you've kind of got what you have at the stadium, where you've got the tiered seating, and that, and I think that kind of that would almost add much more to the sporting sporting feel for it. Partly because the the sta- the stadium is a boxing stadium.
1: I think I think I kind of like that though. I like that the crowd were right up upon the action and it being almost a more intimate set the fact that you know you mentioned the finish earlier jp that that stunned when devlin fight he fought out from the choke didn't he kind of got his arm off for the third time and that you can see because the crowd are so close in on the ring you can see them all the faces lighting up and the commentary thinks he's got this one last chance and it's like nope rikishi driver over and walter wins and that moment I don't know if it works as well in in a bigger place I I don't know, something about the fact that it is all seated and you can see people Mm. walking, people are literally banging on the ring itself, people are right up on the ring, I think that added something more than than detracted I don't disagree with
0: you I think at the same time the stadium gives it more of a big fight atmosphere because of the venue and because you're in a slightly special setting Mm. I think for me flat rooms Will never, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying never get me as invested, but for a big time match that's got to have that special feel to it, and you know you're only going to be here a couple of times a year, mm. you automatically get that big fight feel from it. And the crowd is still close in the stadium as well. The crowd that are on the floor, Wouldn't I think, not as cramped. No, yeah. no, 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 but I think seeing that tiered seating going up sometimes as well, especially when you can have different camera setups may give it more of an epic feel as well. And I think mm-hmm. these guys would have as good a match in that stadium setting based on the storyline going on from here. And I think that it would draw possibly based on how good this match was, potentially.
2: Yeah. It, it really, it it felt, I mean, it's amazing to think that that is the one thing that, like, if we're thinking of, of a, of a, of a point of criticism about it is, it is about whether or not we would have it, we would have it in a boxing arena <laughs> or not. That yeah, that tells yeah, you about how yeah, good yeah. this is. Yeah. Like it was, like in terms of being just absolutely engaged and knowing what the result is coming in as well, but still finding myself. And this is one of the things about being an Irish sports fans. It kind of played into this idea. Oh, of you still throw that the underdog. That was so. I was covered. like, I, I, knowing it was happening, was thinking. I feel so like I'm. I'm watching it, getting into it, while also thinking. It's. I know it's got the kind of horribly kind of predictable it's like irish football like the plucky it's like <laughs> plucky defeats jack
0: charlton i'm more kind jack's of
2: jack's on losing on penalties to spain in the
0: 2002 oh, yeah. world
2: cup where it's like i wanted to believe that it could just go that step further
0: shea given should have saved Geika mendietta's yeah. penalty that night as well, well also they
2: were down to 10 men because the player had a twisted bollock but that's another story for another time <laughs> um there was so it kind of for me on that level it kind of really had it, it had that for it. The fact that he, you know, and you say actually with the crowd and seeing their reaction and the kind of silence mm-hmm. from what when he got the Rikishi oh, driver in the pin, and it was a that genuine silence. It wasn't an angry silence like this is a terrible piece of booking, what the hell have you done? It was just the shock silence that of the home of the hometown hero had lost to this to this killer who they'd yes. been building up as Koliath with a North Korean army marching in his honour during the promo package. Yeah, that was a
0: great package.
2: It was. I have no issue with the package. It changed nothing about the package, but it set the bar pretty fucking
0: Yeah, nice. whoever, that, whoever made that package, I hope he's everywhere doing these great I, packages. I really do. amazing. Yeah. The, the import killer was killed by this uh, Austrian killer yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's the fact something. that they believe yeah. so
1: much in Devlin as well, though, isn't it? It's the fact that his I mean,
0: performance, I think, deserves yeah more praise than we've given it so far. He was he's incredible. kind of
1: he's someone who I would say when the obviously you can't talk to Evelyn without it feels like without talking about his first WWE UK run and how that yeah. didn't go very well. But I remember after that, kind of having Irish fans say, "No, Devlin's great," and he is why. And sometimes I don't know in the at least in the beginning, I kind of think ah I think they maybe maybe they believe in Devlin just a little bit too much. But mm. I think the fact that they believe in Devlin so much added to this match, and I think Devlin doing a performance like this and like the performances he's been doing for the last year, he's made the believer of me, and he's made the believer of it feels like pretty much everyone. I don't know. You can watch this match and mm. watch Devlin in this home home country babyface leader the promotion role, and not you know walk out not in love with him because. He is just so perfect in that role. Um, it wasn't long ago he was a little bit lost in OTT. They weren't sure if he was a face or he was a heel or what they were going to do with him, but he's the ace of the company and just he's so good and he was so good in this match as well. Oh, you
2: the rematch for this, when it was over, I thought, I want to be there for this rematch if they do that in the stadium because it would just have such a special feel to it. It felt like people were going to be in tears in the way that they, <laughs> like God. the way... Like in the you might be as a... No, 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 no. In the front row of the <sighs> audience, and you could see them when they'd lost. There was like this kind of really shocked reaction, and it was completely genuine. Mm. And I, you know, and I think there is for something like this. I'm not saying it should ever. You know, you'd love to think that it would be getting. It needs that bigger stage, like for for the rematch for this for where it goes. And oh, the, you could the... fill
1: somewhere big, couldn't you? I mean, yeah. even bigger than the stadium, yeah. You can
2: have Walter killing people for a while as as Devlin tries to kind of you know cope with the loss of this and how is he going to build himself back up? Then obviously you can have the, you know Joe mentioned earlier on with David's start and his own issues with Walter as well. You know there are there are so many great directions that can go with this. Mm. I will say like again, and I think it's one of the elephants in the room here is that Jordan Devlin obviously has an NXT UK deal and. that's a great shame isn't it
1: yeah (laughs) when he dropped the belt that was my first thought I thought oh no it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere but you've always got that in the back of your mind haven't you I
2: I don't i don't have any you know it, it, it's that thing of like can we have this happen with a company that books new japan stars well got you got know, it we need to control everything so we're going to take him away
0: he got it approved I seven days before an nxt taping so yeah perhaps ott have, where
2: by all accounts he had the match of the weekend there against pete Dunham, yeah he
0: on, on fire this year is not he i think as far as european wrestlers go he's up there for the year, if anything. He's a guy that I wish I'd seen live a few more times mm-hmm. this year. Seemed to have missed him or when he was in Rev Pro, obviously he was pulled because he's a WWE guy, which was mm. really unfortunate. Because here his performance was something to get behind, something to really sort of invest in. One of the things I love that he was doing was his use of the headbutt at put different mm. points of the match. Yeah the way he was throwing those headbutts as like a desperation move to try and take Walter by surprise. He kept going Mm. back to them. Something I'd never seen from him before. So he was really changing up his offense and adding new stuff to his arsenal here as well Mm. to take us by surprise and show us that kind of desperation of his character in this situation, Mm. I thought. The
1: story was different level mm-hmm. and a story it, as well doesn't it that they say that that the fact that walter's gonna be walter's the killer and it felt like there was an extra meanness to him in this match mm-hmm. and he was you try constantly hitting uh big offense on devlin and you're right it was more a case wasn't it a Devlin trying to almost string together bits of offense when he could hit a desperation headbutt or you know when he made his big comeback with the moonsault on the outside just grab those bits of offense when he could as well as being a big emotional match that meant something there were those layers of story as well just in the way that the two men were hitting their offense that that made it as well just yeah just unbelievable
0: yeah, I think there was just some standout moments in this match as well. That powerbomb into the Code Red, I'd be going pretty mad as yeah. well, seeing Walter take that move, huge moment. I think it was, the, the, you know, the emotional investment in Devlin, what he means to the company, but also the story of the match just resonated so mm. much, didn't it? Uh, little things like the um, Tyson Bruno <laughs> comparison <Yeah. laughs> at the beginning. It's just like, that's interesting. Uh, where's that come from, I suppose? This kind of works for what it is as well, if anything. Yeah.
2: I think as well was enjoyed the fact that he was I mean, he was a, a heel in essence because Devlin was such such a baby face in there. And I think he kind of got something from not having what will all, you'll get with a lot of Water matches where there's always that fifty fifty because people just love watching him. Like they're really into him. But here, like everyone was behind Devlin. And it had that real feel to it. And I think that made him embrace that role. You mentioned about him being mean and nasty. It meant he was being meaner and nastier. So when it built up to that first chop, which Devlin had been avoiding earlier in the match, and particularly on the promo package, he said, because it felt like his heart had stopped. Mm. And it really, like, it had such meaning to it. And that was the case. And it was like, oh God, this is the thing that's going to slow him down. Mm. So, yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Like, if you haven't,
0: you know, it's just an incredible, incredible match. But then me and you haven't seen this Walter Osprey match that Benno yeah. was raving to us about as well. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's it. I mean, perfect tying because, yeah, Walter just... Uh, he's delivering in these big... I don't know what it is that, that's made him travel again this year, but, yeah, he, he's having that great match in River Pro, having that great match in OTT, and then I saw that he was having a match with Will Ospreay, of all people, at Defiant Wrestling. Um, it, I was about to say in Manchester, but it's not really Manchester. It's uh, Bowlers' Exhibition Centre, which is just outside of Manchester. But yeah, I got to see Walter have a, another Classic Day Alive as well. Just... I mean, just a note on that, yeah, the Bowlers exhibitions, that's where the media uh, con is that we're all uh, planning on going to in a couple of weeks. I would say to anybody who's going, uh, plan ahead, because this thing really is in the middle of nowhere. It's fine's usual venue. I've been there before for their World Cup shows last year. It's literally in the middle of an industrial estate. It's a big warehouse, and the only thing near are other big yeah. warehouses. So. Yeah, when we made the uh, the trip out, it's, it's the type of place where I think even Andy Ogden would struggle to do a Graps and Claps because he'd have to be in maybe Eccles down the road, which is where we went. We went to a pub and I think they were only, uh, they were serving Carling and it was Bottles of Carlsberg, not the best uh I did see a couple of beer oh. places should we but... go into manchester that night i think that's got to be the plan, hasn't it if anyone else is going yeah that's really stay in the center of manchester and traveling um or maybe stay in media city because yeah I, I don't know what it is about where the defiant run here but it's just maybe it's cheap uh, and the fact that it is it's a big warehouse that you can turn into a it's a convention center and you can turn it into all kinds of things and it works for a media con but it is a a really weird place for uh for wrestling events I should talk about the match, shouldn't I? Sorry, I thought you were going to say so. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, as a match, it was just... I think Walter, his matches, kind of, it can be a case where you're expecting the chops, and it can be a bit tropey, and you can kind of forget that Walter's got other things to his game. I mean, I was about to say it about the of match, because I think it applies to that too. But in this Osprey match, there weren't that many chops. There was a handful that he did in the match. But when he builds to it and when he hits it, it really means something as well, doesn't it? Um it's kind of like with him, that's all he's known for in some ways. But what's really good about him is the way he structures his matches. And yeah, Will Ospreay, again, these are two of the best wrestlers in the world. I still can't get over the fact that I got to see them wrestle each other at Defiant Wrestling in a in a warehouse in Manchester, but yeah he's one of the best in the world at the moment as well i was almost disappointed that i didn't get to see the maybe the match in in a different setting rather than on a a random defiant show but it was still really special and it was still a match that i'd definitely recommend anybody check out it was the kind of match where there was a lot of osprey bumping around for walter but the thing that made it was lots of the the comebacks from osprey the fact that you know he'd square up to walter and try and exchange with him and try and strike with him and you know, hit a few strikes, but he'd always fail. Uh, constantly on the back foot from Walter's big offense and having to pull out. Similar to what we said about Devlin. Different stuff. Uh, there was a point in the match where I think Walter chopped him so hard he, he ended up in the crowd. And you we all kind of think that Ospreay's dead. And then he he, he did a, like a springboard on the guardrail back into to fire back at Walter. And I think that was the point in the match where everyone in the crowd just was completely into it. The locker room were, were out mm-hmm. watching the match we were kind of, we'd started the match watching it at the bar and then as things went on we kind of drifted closer and closer to the ring to the point where we were pretty much standing front row and jumping up and down for every big spot and every big Os- Osprey Hope spot and every big strike from Walter. Just, yeah. And I know that uh, Defiant slash Culture have we got the best reputation uh, so you might not Feel great about uh, spending some money on a defiant product, but I would highly recommend people go out and check this match because yeah, it's Walter and Osprey. How could it not be great? And again, maybe I'm a little bit biased from being there live, but it really was a, a special match. Was there a big crowd there? It was. Well, I I will say the tickets were I think originally fifteen pound for standing, and two days before they cut the prices and it went to ten pounds. So I don't think they were doing well. Uh, it didn't feel like a huge amount of people there. I want to guess. Don't know, maybe 400. Um, that would be my guess. It was in the smaller room that they used there at Bowlers, um, so you know, not uh It it, it didn't feel like there was, it, it affected the atmosphere anyway. It was still a big atmosphere with it being a smaller room, and it was still relatively uh, busy for for what it was. Um, but yeah, again, I was kind of watching it going. Ah, I kind of wish maybe. With a bit of story behind it, Rev Pro got to this match first or Progressor got to this match mm-hmm. first even. It's it's kind of that's the thing in Brit Rez now, isn't it? It's getting it's getting to these dream matches first. Who can do it and and Defiant beat everyone to the punch?
2: It certainly sounds like worth watching and to be honest with you, I think they're two of the hottest guys in the world, so it's incredible they managed to do it first, I suppose, alright. It? it sounds sounds a bit hard. I mean, how was the rest of the card? Was it
1: I, it was it was your typical it was kind of i mean they announced that they're bringing back their loaded tv taping so that's coming up as well uh oh, but it was yeah. kind of yeah the, the car this uh, the name of the car was stacked and they had some all right stuff on the undercar but it's very i kind of look at what uh defiant almost said what culture then i look at defiant as the very tv style wrestling they're taking indie guys and mm. putting them in a again if the obviously we're bringing Loaded back that's that's where that fits in but it's in a very well produced well lit um you know everything about the some of the music's a bit cheesy but the fact that it's it's very professional the way the setup is um and it really it's the type of product that would t- translate well to TV so it is interesting getting to see maybe super indie style guys fit into that defined presentation i mean there wasn't a huge amount to write home about they didn't want us posting spoilers on the night i think it, obviously it's aired already so there's not much mm-hmm. of a worry there but yeah on the night i was kind of big into i thought there was an opener with uh, omari and lucky kid that was really good that's another if t- people are going to go check out the card regardless uh for walter osprey that's something that i'd say uh, give a watch because omari is someone who i haven't seen since you know we were going to fight club pro shows it's been a little it's been a few months now since we've been going and i was quite surprised to see the amount of muscle that he's packed on he's got a really his look was always his downfall for me with omari uh but he's got uh, obviously as of winning the infinity trophy he got himself some nicer gear he's in better shape and there aren't many pure baby faces around with the with the potential of Omari. Um, he just really, really, he gets over in any building he's in and it, it felt like maybe a lot of the crowd weren't hugely familiar with him, but he got over and Lucky Kid, who's someone, again, who we saw at uh, a Carrot, who it, I don't think there's many people with more dedication to his character work. He's not, you know, Finn, Finn Balor playing the demon, coming out and having a big entrance and having loads of makeup on and then getting in the ring and really just working a Finn Balor match. Uh, I think with Lucky Kid you get the, the character throughout the match and he's kind of, he's a bit weird and he's a bit quirky, but he, he's committed to that character and that it really works, so yeah, he really got himself over to Gabriel Kidd a, a really good heel promo on the night I was surprised at that considering I've only really seen him do uh, his baby face shtick, especially on ITV, but that's about it really as far as uh, things to talk about from their show
0: well, Amari, I hope to see him at a few more places. I don't think I've seen him live once this year, which is a shame. Um, yeah. probably, I suppose that's really going off Fight Club Pro as a promotion, to be honest. But I just saw that Amari uh, lost to Chuck Mambo at Fight Club Pro tonight. So mm-hmm. there's one for you, JP.
1: <laughs>
0: I was seeing Chuck Mambo's heel turn an
1: attack? Oh, yeah, JP, God, you so made so... the trick. This was your, your birthday, wasn't it, JP? It was.
2: it was. It was like my birthday surprise. I won't know, because I'd seen you... I'd We'd been out on the Friday and that was a heavy session. Been out on the Saturday and that was heavy. So Sunday, I was slightly tired and emotional when when turning up slash very hungover and attack was. Oh, you're kind a of, proper boozer. You hey, are. No, I'm you? not. I really am <laughs> not. But it feels like proper, I was. Proper beer monster. It was my fortieth, but no. All right, yeah, that's
0: me. Proper yeah, beer monster, gee, yeah. always just a just a win nightmare. or lose. You're on the booze, aren't you? <laughs> it is, yeah. in it up. Um, <laughs> well, you're the most geezer on this podcast, that's for sure. Well, that's not difficult that's <laughs> for me.
2: Um, so yeah, went along to it, and it was perfect for that kind of for that kind of state. Um, it was a the afternoon show for Winter Slam, and it was it was a really fun, easy watch. Um, in terms of highlights from it, you mentioned, yeah, the Mambo Heel turn, which originally was he came out as Love Making Demon and then turned heel and then took off the mask. And Eddie Dennis, who's set up a faction called Nothing to Prove, along with Drew Parker, Eddie Dennis uh sorry, Drew Parker, Elijah, and LK Messenger was um I'm not split's McPins. I'm trying to think from Bowler Armour. Anyway. Um,
1: the other
2: one yes the other one so yeah th- them versus the anti-fun police for who disbands and it was it was great because there was real pathos to the match so you had it as an elimination match and pretty quickly the the obstruct the brothers of obstruction were gone then you had Santos gone and it was like done against I think it was against three um, and he ended up Losing when Lovemaking Demon came out. And like he looked like he was in tears at the end of the match as the anti-fun police were kind of like hugging in the ring and then moving out. It was like a really lovely moment. Like, to say lovely, it was like a, a very emotional moment for, for that match. And then as Santos went through the curtain to the back, he was just holding up his mask and he just dropped it to the ground. And that was like the last image of the match as he went with the anti-fun police having to disband. But the heel turn itself really worked because they had it within the character saying he's having to do all these crazy gimmicks and stuff to get on the card, but he's so good and he has nothing to prove. And he kind of tore into the promo and it, it's not a sweary promotion anyway. Hmm. And it's, there was a lot of like f- much more of a family card because it was the, ar- it was a Sunday afternoon when it was on. So it, the Lord's day, the Lord's day. Yeah. Um, Sunday truce. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know where to go with that <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> No. It it's, was, it's, it's late. No. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> um, it, was, it was so well set up and it was like a good logic to it. And it was stuff they had to do on the fly for the card because there was no um, Flash Morgan Webster who'd had an injury and he'd had an MRI. It was meant to be him and Wild Boar. Oh, the um, 198. The 198. I still don't know the reason why they called <laughs> that, But I didn't find it out. I just completely forgot when I'd got there. Um, they had, yeah, and he was up against someone called Nico Angelo, who's who's over. Who it was a squash match because they were wanting to keep Boar strong for the for the match against against Flash. But Nico Angelo looked good; like he looked very crisp for the time he was in there. Um, there was also another guy who was debuting who was um, spoke to Travis Banks after the after the show, and he was a guy who from New Zealand called Niwa who previously wrestled, I think it was like Johnny Idol in New Zealand. He'd been in CMLL for a couple of years and he's trying to sort of get some work over here. And he looked very good against Mike birds in like, you know, which was a, a, a very good match. I enjoy seeing Mike birds, ginger, Jesus, my girlfriend got a real kick out of that name. Jesus
0: on the Holy day as well. Yeah, it
2: really was. Yeah. it's very religious occasion. Um, and then also found out Ghostface Killer had been playing there a couple of weeks before no, in the same venue. Not yeah. with Raekwon. No, I think uh, it okay. was literally just just him. Um, and then there was Aussie Open versus Team White Wolf, which was, as we've already said about Aussie Open, that was great. They had their wacky match with Paranormal Activity, which was El Phantasmo and Charlie Evans versus Split McPins and Shea Pursa in a Kung Fu gimmick. Doing lots And it was Great fun They had a Slow-mo bit In there as well So it was a Really easy Watch Really good Fun Um, Mambo Brooks Had a good Match as well So it was It was like a just a really good fun day out really enjoyed it like
0: church
1: on Sunday
2: like church we've been held in the Trinity Centre which to tie that into the religious theme as well
1: yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of Attack's something that's just escaped me we don't maybe watch enough of it on VOD and as Mm. far as a live show goes it's just such an it's in an awkward area for me to travel to I've never really done it Um, obviously they had the the Chris Travis uh, Tag Invitational last weekend as well were you you not tempted to head along to that JP do you think you'll be going back to Attack and and see him shows
2: i think i will do it's kind of it's it's good when they're in bristol because my girlfriend's from bristol so it's like it's quite nice i like bristol as a place so it's like a it was like a nice place to go down and have a have a uh, really good day out it was certainly a fuckload better than SummerSlam that was on later on that day um <laughs> enjoyed it a hell of a lot more so i, I mean i will do sometimes it's it's just not it's, they're coming to London. They're doing the dome shows now. Those are midweek, though, aren't and they? And they're so midweek, a
0: bit harder to get to, I suppose.
2: Yeah, they would be. I mean, they would be for us. But if you're in London, there's a chance of going. It's good, you know. The tickets might tickets go very, very quickly for mm. Attack. Now they do kind of sell out, but they don't kind of go into venues that are too
0: big. They don't. It feels like they've got a really dedicated yes uh, following. If they anything. have, yeah.
2: And the way that they can kind of book on the fly and have their storylines working, it felt. It it felt very good. It felt it worked for that audience and it worked for that group of fans. So, yeah, I I definitely recommend going along. Yeah, I'd like to go again at some
0: point. I've only been to a couple of shows. The Mm. Cheltenham one that we went to. Cheltenham's not too far from us, but I just didn't like that venue too much. I don't know. Very cramped. Yeah, yeah, it was. I know it's sort of like, oh, it's really intimate, but I just didn't feel like I had a good view at any point. I felt uncomfortable Mm. with where I was stood and all the rest of it. I'd like to go to one of the Bristol shows potentially. So, we'll have to make a trip down at some point.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll join you, and we can uh, yeah we can do a road trip and uh, check cool. out some attack. Maybe one of the big weekenders or the big pay per view weekends they do or something. We could uh, we could work it out. Oh
3: uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they be
1: do
0: they show WWE pay per views as well, don't? When they? When they're running in Cardiff, like the walkabout afterwards. Yeah, they'll have to suffer me complaining and taking the piss the whole way through. Yeah. Though, and don't and <laughs> <know if> people <laughs> be able to put up with that like you Am I might get thrown out?
1: <laughs> hey, people listen to two hours over every other week, so we can uh, we can we can put up with it too.
0: Yeah, I don't think a lot of that lot like me very much, though, so... <laughs> no. yeah. yeah.
1: there is that. Uh, well, I mean, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show, unless uh, you guys desperately want to talk about Progress Philadelphia that apparently dropped today. Uh, no? Anyone watching? it? I won't be watching <laughs> it. They,
0: my interest in that company at this point is... Think hey, Dolly doll we... Black's
1: back on commentary. Did that not get your... peak your interest in any way, no? No. <laughs>
0: it, it, no, that... That that happened. I didn't know she'd left. If I'm honest with you, on I
1: mean, she will she's say- still wrestling. No, I don't I, think so. Let's like
0: uh, see about with T.K. Cooper and Travis Banks. I think mean, it would add a lot to the act, but that seems to be a distant yeah. memory. I, I would, I, do, I would just, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the chapter 75 when it
3: drops.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But have it, a it, cosplay. It,
1: I mean, we we kinda, now- you said didn't you, Joe? You were trying to block book. Um, ballroom shows to try and get to, to have a cosplay and then they announced it on a Monday at the ballroom when you didn't have your Twitter to uh, to to uh, maybe get a last minute ticker or anything were you, were you uh, sad you didn't get to it? That.
0: Um, yeah in a way but at the same time I wouldn't have been able to get to the show I was busy that day I had stuff booked in for ages that day um, I didn't think it was going to be before Wembley to be honest with you uh, it seems to work really well into the Wembley storyline it seems like it was a really well booked story based match from what I read about it. And when I was reading about it, I was thinking this is the feud. Like this is possibly the best feud we've ever had in British wrestling. And this might be the last time those guys have met. And I'm gutted I wasn't there. Um, but at the same time, I feel so done with progress and, you know, um, when you've got kind of this, this, horrible relationship with wwe which i just don't care for and their main um concentration used to be on nxt uk and spreading themselves too thin and all the rest of it i sort of think you know what? i'm not bothered i've not given them my money because at this point in time they book such rubbish from for the a long while now but then booking just one great match and one great angle isn't going to get my money at this point in time. So uh, I'll live. I've seen lots of great wrestling this year alone. I've got lots of great wrestling to go to later on this year. It's a shame I didn't get to see it, but whatever.
1: <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe we'll, uh, like I say, when that chapter comes out, maybe we'll have some time to talk that on our next show as well as mm. Mediacon and the, the Jacob and all the other stuff going on. But yeah, it's a uh, similar story to last year, isn't it, Joey? I think my... my lowest level of interest in progress was the the build uh last year to to brixton uh sorry ali parley last year and again they've kind of done it again but i do think that havoc Osprey match has piqued my interest a bit and yeah yeah i'm looking to watch that chapter uh, exactly, and I get yeah. Hab- I
0: get the Havoc Robinson direction as well. That's another dynamic I loved in Progress. Yeah, it's a good that. Their order, first match in Progress, I yeah, what a wild brawl! It was great as well. Um, so you know, there is a proper storyline there. There's proper substance there. Whereas, say with the one nine eight and Mark Haskins, I think they're clutching <coughs> at straws to get anyone invested in that rubbish. Mm.
1: Well, at least there's Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews as well. They're, uh, TLC. Solid- TLC. <laughs>
0: TLC's <laughs> not a hate match. Like, I
1: want a hate-filled brawl. I don't want, oh, I hate you, I'm going to climb up a ladder. You know what? I, I mean, I don't want to get derailed too much because we're supposed yes. to close on the show. But if I was booking EWR, that's the type of thing I'd do. You know, when you're going to have a big blow-off match for the end of your food, I'd just be like, you know what? I've done a couple of cage matches recently. I've got, I've got all this going on. I'll do a TLC match. It does feel very random. I have a Wembley street fight
3: there you go <laughs>
0: there it is Lovely come story. out in your jeans come out in your junior t-shirt <laughs> yep. come out in you know you know your ripped gimmick t-shirts come out in cowboy boots come out of a couple of spikes do a pentagon sammy callahan from that tna pay-per-view this is what that match feels like not time to go up a ladder and do a flip dive off the ladder like ah uh, whatever
1: Hey, Steen and Generico made it work, so I've got every faith in the lads. The, the but they had other steps.
0: matches before that as well. Yeah. Before they did that. Sorry, I'm going off on
1: one now. <laughs> I'll save this for next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk Wembley properly at, at some point. preview for next week. <laughs> uh, anything else before we go, guys? No. I think that's
0: it. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> Looking enough. forward to the Rev Pro shows on yeah. uh, the weekend. Lemington looks a really great sleeper card. Yeah, Juice Robinson-Bodum. Yes, please. Uh, got Osprey on that card as well. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is on that card. So Chris Ridgway and Osprey is on yes, that card as well. That was it. It's another sleeper match, I think. So, yeah, some great stuff coming up this weekend. So, I'm sure we'll talk about that next week if we come back and do another podcast.
1: Definitely. Plenty of to talk about there. Um, so, yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Uh, Joe, you can't plug your Twitter. Anything else to plug? MySpace? Facebook? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug mine. i have been to Richard Day on Twitter. Your
0: only fan's page. I don't really post <laughs> a, a, on Facebook.
1: 15 a month. See pictures of Joe's feet.
0: Oh, yeah. Please, <laughs> please. I'll set up a GoFundMe, and you can pay to get me back on Twitter or something. <laughs> pay, pay per tweet. Yeah you know if you've got disposable income but um no <laughs> <laughs>
1: jp
2: i i still have a twitter account it's jp jp three
1: e's awesome yeah for us and you can follow the indy corner account at the indy corner as well on twitter and head to the for all the usual reviews and news and podcasts and all such like that's it for another show uh, we'll catch you again soon
2: bye